Blank check with Griffin and David. Blank check with Griffin and David. Don't know what to say or to expect. All you need to know is that the name of the show is Blank Check. Life is suffering. It is hard. The world is cursed. But still, you find reasons to keep podcasting. <laughs> I mean, that's my mantra. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's why you get up in the morning. What happens every time I walk in the studio? You go, Griffin, what's up? Uh, he's just for the listener. He's flails his arms. Flailing his arms. What's new? What's up? I do that. You do Kermit arms and you demand that I give you info. And I go, nothing's new. Everything's terrible. The world is awful. I hate everything. And then you go, let's podcast. <laughs> Right? That's pretty much the conversation every time. <laughs> it's the tonal vibes. Even if those aren't the words. You know that what is I mean? the back and forth. I'm trying to be like, woo! And you're like, well, yeah. well. And I go, everything's bad. And you go, our podcast is good. It is good. He's such a big fan. <laughs> what do, I you... just hop in? do I just hop oh, in whenever hop, he... Oh, yes. Right okay. Right <laughs> the fuck in. <laughs> yeah, man. I, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. For sure, oh, sure, yeah. sure, sure. I hear Hell that, yeah. my mon. Yeah, totally. <laughs> my mon? My mon. <laughs> All right, man. Cool. Bent down on this a limb. Is a cool, this is a cool environment. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty still chill on island time. I like how you have all these uh, Papasan chairs Thank around you. the studio. <laughs> Thank you. We do. We try to. You know, it's uh, for us. It's it's more of a hangout than a show. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. For me, it, it, they call it work, but yeah. it doesn't feel like it, does it? No. I mean, if this is work, <laughs> I've never worked a day in my life. <laughs> yeah. I don't. If this is work, I don't want to see play. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's play gonna look like? An office job? Do you think we can keep this going for two hours? A hundred percent. I'm sweating. <laughs> You think you think really? I feel like I'm on a treadmill right here's, now. Here's the really? honest truth. I didn't I didn't watch the movie, so if we could just do this like oh, sort of with each other about this for like two hours. I've actually never seen any movies. You've never seen any movies. No, I've heard of them. They're like the long T V shows. So you've uh, seen T V shows? Oh yeah, man. You Fucking love those. Cheers. <laughs> I Am got, I supposed to cut what's your cuss policy on here? Oh, oh hardcore cussing. Oh, good, good, good. Some people complain about it sometimes. They go, I like I like the show. I wish really? their mouths were a little less filthy. Ah, fuck you. <laughs> oh, that feels... I would never say that. Yeah, eat my turds. <laughs> um, I gotta say, already this is off to a ripper and straw. Yes, and is. this is what I always wanted. Because we all know it's a long-standing issue with this show that I cannot get a word in edgewise. <laughs> We've been doing this show for over four years, and this has yet to in any way reflect yeah you don't get to talk about your interests or anything at like all that. right right right. i got no stake in this show right i right. feel like a silent business t- partner <laughs> and you know why why it's because i'm why? always outnumbered okay oh right sure at the very best this podcast has one third griffin <laughs> right if we have a guest it's one fourth if we have multiple guests it could be as much as like one sixth yeah terrible right but today for the first time this podcast fifty percent grip, baby. So I'm gonna I'm gonna bend sort of at the waist like this and stick my arms out, and Perfect. you just grab grab my hands uh-huh. like that. I got it. Now we're we're gonna fuse. <laughs> Have you done this before? Griffin is doing this. I've right tried now. to do this with other guests, and it doesn't work. No, it's got to be two Griffins, so yeah. we can fuse okay. together. There's my- no guarantee that we will be able to separate after this. Right. Are you okay? Yeah. No, no. It's much, of course, like the mythical griffin, which is half eagle, half lion. We're going to turn to a mythical creature that's half griffin, half griffin. Right. Exactly. Yeah, but just two griffin. heads. Two griffin. heads, no legs. It's a... Uh... <laughs> 
<laughs> it's like a cat dog. A cat dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your arms no... can be the right. Yeah, right. It's a yeah. long neck, a head on each side. Right. It looks sort of like a dumbbell. It keeps. Just... Yeah, it looks like a hot dog <laughs> flanked by eagle heads. What, what, what is cat dog doing these days? Do you think? What's cat dog uh, up to these yeah, days? Is, well, you could even add, you could add up the life expectancy of a dog and a cat, yeah. and it's still just statistically is probably dead as disco what by this it, what, point. What if it like compounds though? You know what I mean? You don't add. You multiply. Oh, I see. I see. I, I feel like cat dog move like uh, behind the the uh, the camera. You know what I'm saying? I feel like oh, cat right. Cat dog is like now he's one of those guys who like directs a lot of Madam Secretaries. He's right. like Eric Stoltz, or it's like Brian Robbins, <laughs> where he's now just like an exec at Nickelodeon. Right. Remember when Nick Cannon ran like uh, the N, and no. they were like, "No, he's like actually running the network." He's a mogul. Yeah, that's what cat dog's like. Okay, cool. And dead. Uh, our guest today, of course, is Griffin McElroy. Are you ready Hi. to fuse? Are you ready? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you just want to push. So Ben, yeah. if and you I'll could push. insert like a sort of, okay. uh, you know, sort of anime style. No sound yeah, effects yeah, necessary. Sound this effect. is going to really happen. Okay. No yeah, sound yeah, effects this, necessary. Yeah, of course. You'll hear it. Like you, yeah. Have you ever heard one person's bones into another person's body? It makes a sound. We're finally you know, going to get a, a sound. squelch. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sort of like a crunchy squelch. Yeah. Okay. And no sound no. effects necessary. No. It's going to happen yeah. for real. Also, Ben, mark this to find some sound effects. Okay. Okay. Ready? I can't wait to see in an episode's metrics exactly when we got to zero listeners. Oh, see. Okay, hold up. Oh, here's the problem. You push too hard. Okay. So, yeah, now all your stuff's inside my stuff. Fuck. So, I've got two skulls, yeah. two rib cages. So, this is getting bad. This is getting bad. I don't even know where your voice is coming from. Um, I, I'm sort of just like uh, pushing wind out of my now hollow skin bag. Okay, okay, okay. So, you're yeah, kind of like yeah, a bagpipe. Yeah. <laughs> okay, ready? I'm going to pull this time. Okay. Uh, okay, but let's not uh, go overdo it. Okay. Okay. I'll <laughs> try. Go. I'll try to put a meter on this. Okay. Ready? Okay. Uh, uh, oh no! Now you. Now you got all my bones. Oh boy, I'm feeling heavy. <laughs> if only we could. Hey, what the fuck, man? What? You saying I got heavy bones? You got. You got some. No, I'm just bones. saying I got double bones now. I think that was a bone dig. That was not yeah, a bone see, dig. I did, bone hey, because yeah. I didn't fuck. Because I didn't say that when I had your bones. I didn't say that he didn't, shit. You didn't talk about. Hey, that. but hey. then when you had, but then when you had my bones in you, you're like, mm, these are some uh, hefty bones. I didn't say that. I just said I have a lot in me right now. I mean, look, look around this room. Do you see Alan Grant anywhere? Because uh, if this were a bone dig. <laughs> Paleontologist Alan yeah, Grant would be here. He'd be here with his big, uh, with his big claw he uses to uh, yeah. assault children. His bone claw. That's, he is very mean to one child. Is wait, yeah. and was the fan theory that that child is Chris Pratt? Is Correct. that the fan theory? The fan theory. The great fan theory. <laughs> the great fan theory. I love when fan theories are like that one kid. He's Chris Pratt now. Yes. You know, like that one kid, he's Iron Man now or whatever. What's 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 up with this? <laughs> it's the really Pratt. cool. When people do that, it's right. cool. Right. Because yeah. it was formerly just a scene in a movie. Right. Disgusting. Yeah. Now, yeah. now it's the most important scene in yeah. cinema exactly. history, and yeah. I'm the only one who knows. Yes. Uh the Pixar theory that every Pixar movie is connected. Right. They're all in the same universe and, and like the monster oh. world has something to do with the Brave Witch. They all got that stupid lamps in all of them. Yep. Yep. And the ball. And here's the thing uh-huh. that theory makes the movies so much better yes yes yeah yeah i feel so bad for anyone who watches those movies and doesn't realize that cars takes place after a bug's life 
when the bugs have wiped out the earth. Wait, is that the theory? I, cars no. in the theory, cars is like the end, right? That's the last world, right? It's like that's oh, so God. far in the future that there are only cars now. So that's right. that suggests that at the end of Wally, all of the like pilgrims come back and then try to start a new world and fail, Correct. or are turned into cars by a witch. One or the other. I think the witch from Brave is responsible. She's responsible for like eighteen things, right? All the magical uh, stuff. Right. Like the she toys is- only come to life because the witch and Brave fucked up. Yes, that's that's exactly right. Uh, I like that it all hinges on the witch. I'm from sorry. Brave. I'm sorry. I I'm wrong. Monsters Inc. is the end of the universe in the picture. The monsters theory. kill the cars. Yes. How is that possible? Well, I don't. I think because the it doors are going parallel. to the past. I don't know. Look, I don't know Listen, why I brought this way, up. This is so cool. It's so good. Yeah, I love it, man. <laughs> Is what I want out of art. I went to a, a, a theme park. I was I was in <coughs> retired bit Barcelona. Barcelona. I was in Barcelona. You're in Whitstillman's Barcelona. I was in Whitstillman's Barcelona, and I went to a theme park that is one of the oldest theme parks in the world. I would not want to go to that. Yeah, right. This to was, me, age is not a bragging thing for theme yeah. parks. Let me sell I would this like to you. I would like to attend the newest theme park <laughs> in the world. Here's, here's what I want. Yeah. Where they're like, we opened it a year ago. Yeah. Lots of people have tried it out. It's fine. Right. That's it. Right. It's all computers. This is this place as hell. This place goes, we started construction in 1895. When wood oh, was nope. discovered. <laughs> <laughs> and the entire theme park is atop a mountain. And all of the rides at the very tippy top are all like height based. So their big ride is like it's a little tin airplane and it flies around the top of the mountain. Mm. So it feels like you're flying in a little private like a Lindbergh plane. Right, right. Uh, but the place is called I, – I, I keep on getting the name wrong because the name of the place sounds like Dippy Diba Deepa Dobo. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering how you were going to circle yeah, on that. Right, I was lost. I think it's called Tibadobo. <laughs> but every time my girlfriend TZ14 yeah, and I would get the name just right. the sounds yeah. that he's making. Tibadobo. 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 Did you search? Tibadobo. 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 Yeah, this uh, this bit's going on the highlight reel. Why are you, oh, no why are you on this? Why did you do this to yourself? <laughs> can we uh, can we get serious for a moment? Okay, sorry. Very serious. Introduce the podcast and our guest, please. Okay, this it's a podcast distracting. By the way, you have two sets of bones. Can you guys just finish? Do you want to yeah, just get, okay? I'm gonna give the give, bones give me, back to you. Give me the leg bones. Okay, you keep the arm bones. Let's call the whole thing off. He was Great. almost introducing the podcast, <laughs> and then he had to <laughs> redo the eleventh season of Bones. Cool. Okay. 11th season of Bones, they sure had fun with Bones in that one. <laughs> I think that's what happens in the 11th season where they were like, we're out of crimes. But this year, their bones got all mixed up. Season 11 is the one with all the skeleton warriors, right? <laughs> <laughs> where she's like, who did this murder? Oh, an actual yeah. skeleton. Yeah, it's, it's, it's I, Lord all- Marrow. <laughs> it's where they all become set designers for the uh, Texas Chainsaw franchise. <laughs> right. Oh, boy. Yeah, what if that happened in a procedural about the government? It's like season eight is like, Trump cut our budget. Now we're freelancers. And they're like set designers. we got to make Bones here now. <laughs> is Bones still on? Bones is not still okay, on. Okay, fine. Bones is done. Bones is done. Bones ran for a gentleman's 11 seasons. <laughs> 
That's right. Yes. No, 12. Gentleman's 12. Gentleman's 12. A dozen. How many episodes? It didn't make is it that? to a baker's dozen, which how, would have been nice. How many episodes? Two hundred and forty-six. Can I gripe oh corner my God. for a which, second? How many human? How many bones does the human body have? Like seventy. That's a good question. Are there more episodes of Bones or Bones? Two hundred and six. <laughs> bones, the TV show, beat it by forty. Wow. Now, okay, boys, you understand that they didn't feature a bone. <laughs> what if they did though? <laughs> They were like, this time it's uh, it's your, your fourth, your, your ring uh, finger tibula? on your right hand. It's uh, yeah, the yeah. top one. Yeah. Uh, all right. That would be nice though if each episode of Bones was like, we, we got a crack, <laughs> the shin, <laughs> the case of the shin. Introduce the podcast. What the blank check with Griffin and David <laughs> and Griffin? Hello. You see what I did there, Griffin and David and Griffin. Ah, uh, little David sandwich. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, oh boy. I love I'm just, I'm trying ham. to get used to my new sort of composition. Oh, right. Uh, oh, it's yeah. A, yeah. It's, a, it's an honor. Thank you for having me. Right. I you're, feel right at home. You're now all lower body density, and I'm all upper body density. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is a podcast about filmographies. Directors who have massive success early on in their career and are given a series of blank checks to make whatever crazy passion projects they want. And sometimes those checks clear, and sometimes they bounce baby. And this is a mini series on the films of Hayao Miyazaki. Today we're covering Princess Mononoke. That's right. And what's the pod- miniseries called? It's called Howl's Moving Podcastle. Thank you. <laughs> and we got with us Griffin McElroy of the Adventure Zone and my brother, my brother, and me and 80,000 other podcasts. Uh, yeah, that's true. And from Princess Mononoke, I was in it. You're in it? Yeah. Who are you? Were you I was one of those wild. I was one of those wild little rattly ghosts. Oh yeah, little little head turny. Yeah, um, I'm interested to see how this series goes because I don't know that Miyazaki has made a bad film. He has not. He's not. This is okay. this is correct. He is. Not. I don't know if y'all were about to go just like, like hard in the paint dunk on Ponyo. <laughs> oh, dare you? Okay, yeah. I would never dunk on my beloved Ponyo. She's a good person. There are a couple things that you need to know. Good fish, Griff. Okay. Fish. Okay. A couple things you need to know. One, Ponyo loves him. That's true. Ponyo do love him. I'm always saying that. Number two, Ponyo loves Satsuki. Yeah. yeah. So that, That's so all you need. Yeah. And here's number three, and this is the biggest twist. David loves Ponyo. Hell yeah. Does that mean that by transitive property, I also love Ham and Sosuke? Correct. Yeah. I do, it's true. Yeah. Ponyo is one of your top five movie friends, right? If Absolutely. you had to rank. Yeah. As, as I have said on this podcast, Ponyo is a movie that I watch to calm myself down if right. I'm in a bad mood. Ponyo. So, that, that, weirdly enough, that's like Spirited Away. Spirited Away is like my chicken soup. Like, <laughs> mm. I am that, sick. I'm too sick to move. I'm just going to put this movie on. That's another and one. Chill. That one is like soul. that's like a toxic purging toxins purging mm. movie for me. That's oh, yeah. your your Russian bathhouse. Seriously, yeah. Like by the end of it, I like I'm always like, oh yeah, oh yeah. I always kind of I always got to get emotional <laughs> at the end. Like I just like <laughs> I suddenly remember uh, that uh, him turning in. Well, well, no spoilers. No but spoilers. Haku is a river. Well, that's a huge spoiler. It's <laughs> <laughs> arguably the spoiler from that film. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, this is Princess Mononoke, which at the time of its release was not only Miyazaki's biggest film, but uh, the highest grossing film in the history of Japan. Japan's biggest film. This that was is wild. Japan's biggest film. And Ever. it was only dethroned by Spirited Away. Wasn't it dethroned by Titanic, which then was dethroned by yeah. Spirited oh, Away? Titanic, I believe that, Titanic you know dethroned it. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it, it, is, it's still, it was still the most profitable 
Japanese yes, movie absolutely. of all time, right? Right. Yes. right. It was the most successful domestic film in Japan, and then Spirited Away has held the title since. And then Titan- Titanic ruins so many great streaks for so many different beloved movie franchises. I remember being a youngster and being so excited when my favorite movie at the time came out and dethroned Titanic, uh, and that was Lost in Space. Yes, of starring course. Matt, starring Matt LeBlanc. We, uh, no, we did an episode. We on have Lost done an episode on Lost in Space. Uh, an important work of movie making. It does not fit into the model of what we usually discuss on this podcast at all. <laughs> but we did an episode with David and his brother That's where right. we talked about Lost in Space because it was their favorite VHS. That's um, a good one. Got it. Got that soundtrack. Got Apollo four forty. Got a lot of arena rock yes. on that bad boy. Yeah. That's right. And uh, you've got the the. Three alphas. Yeah. Gary Oldman, William Hurt, Matt LeBlanc. I love you, wife. <laughs> I love you, wife. We have to go through the planet core. <laughs> we are lost in space. <laughs> Blarp? Blarp. We, don't forget Blarp. <laughs> D- Griffin, did you forget Blarp? I did. I forgot about forgot Blarp. About and Blarp. I swore I never would. Well, he's in there. We came up with Blarping a t- away. We came up with a term based on that movie, which is when a film blarps its female characters. Yes. <laughs> it gives them some bit of business that has nothing to do with Oh, anything. we have to go chase Blarp. Now we don't have to explain why they're not in the last 30 minutes of the movie. They're dealing with Blarp. Yeah, they're Blarping. They're Blarping. <laughs> this movie does not Blarp. No. No. <laughs> not at all. This movie is, uh, well, if it, it, it came out. In ninety in ninety seven in um, mm, Japan, mm. maybe it dethroned Titanic. Isn't that post Titanic? No, no, it's pre Titanic. Yeah, sorry, well, sorry, sorry. They're right. No, it's it's, it's Titanic's pre- ninety eight, right? Uh, well, late ninety seven. Yeah, right, early. right, right. But I'm, that's what I'm trying. Did this come out early ninety seven? Yeah, and then was dethroned by Titanic. Yeah, like months after it. it got okay, the, not okay. Long the title. Uh, gotcha. Uh, but then Spirited yeah. Away, you know, suplexed uh, Titanic. It's suplexed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chihiro and yeah. Baba, they took Titanic and they... they uh, folded Titanic like laundry. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, wait, what was I going to say? Well, female characters. I don't know. This thing's got them. It's got an anti-blarp. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's got an anti-blarp. Now, here's the thing I want to get r- right off the bat, because I was uh, <clears throat> confused. Uh, there is uh, Moro the wolf. Moro the wolf. He's cool. Yes. In this film. Oh, are you going to talk about the dub? Yes. In the okay. dub played by... A lady, Jillian Anderson. Yes, yes, yes. That's right. So then is I was, that a question? Is that the question? <laughs> so then I was going into. Oh, wait, the, I have the answer. Yes. Okay. Yes. Fair okay. enough. Right, okay. Right. Moving on. No. What was your question? I was going into the Wikipedia because uh-huh. I was like, "Is this them sort of rewriting the movie to some degree?" Because I know this was notorious as like the worst of the dubs. Yeah, and the first really the first I feel like it was at the time. I don't think that's really. It's more that its release was so screwed up by Miramax. It was the first effort to like let's put this in American theaters as like here's Hayao Miyazaki. He's a Japanese master. This was like the first proper theatrical release. Right, we've got a proper release with like proper big name actors, American actors doing the dub. Right, like and then Miramax like released it limited and like then didn't really expand it. Like they they kind of like decided not to go for it. Right, and so no one really got to see it. Yeah, and then the DVD release was like not until a long time later, and initially they were only going to release it with the dub. Uh huh. And all the fans were like, "Please release the original audio track too." And they were like, oh, okay. Well, that means it's not going to come out for a while. And, like, it came out later. You know, like, they, wow. they just wow. sort of, like, mishandled yeah. everything. I don't yeah. think the dub itself is okay. bad. I guess I guess the Castle in the Sky one's more notorious for changing the, That one's the bad movie. because yeah. that one, like, changes the music. Right. And I think the to- the original Totoro <laughs> dub is bad. Sure. Yeah. 
Well, from what I understand for Mononoke is the, uh, there were a lot of things changed in the English version. Right. Uh, just because there are certain like, uh, either not really concepts, but like deep, uh, Japanese folklore that would take like forever to right. like it, yeah, it, it right. just like explicitly says them in this movie and it is like an interpretation of that folklore that uh, I know that that uh, Miramax like pushed back big time on and like wanted all these changes but the, the adaptation wasn't it written by Neil Gaiman it was didn't yes. he do this yes. yeah yes. like I so I would be blown away if this was the worst I don't, th- I, worst I don't think in terms of the translation I just know people always had gripes about like sure. the actual vocal the performances mid- just, okay. like ah. Billy Bob Thornton goes like full Billy Bob Thornton kind of sucks shit in this movie on, right? yeah he yeah. does not do a good and like it's so it he is probably, so devoid of energy and so like does not match that is the character my problem with a lot of things right. yeah is it just feels like they went in for a day and they were like what's this dialogue okay uh, i will defeat you evil spirit uh, what's the next line you know I, uh, hi how are you doing what's the next line right and i, I think, think no, what were you claire, gonna say claire dane's kind of it ranks above Billy Bob Thornton, but is not my favorite. But like Minnie Driver crushes it. Like I think Minnie Driver really? is, is, is an here. amazing Ebosha. Yeah, and and Billy Crudup, you know, not the most exciting dynamic role to play, <laughs> but he does he does fine. I think He's everybody fine. does fine in this movie, except for Billy Bob Thornton, who does, like I said earlier, suck shit. I guess it was movie. just I had heard so much about how bad Billy Bob Thornton was that I assumed the entire dub was bad. I don't um, think so. Keith David okay. crushes it. Like, everybody's good in this one. Well, so this Except was, this was the thing. The Julian Anderson thing. I was like, are they rewriting this character a little bit to make her female? Mm. And then I started digging into it. And the character is referred to as female, mm. as the mother wolf. Right. And the Japanese actor who plays Moro. He's like, well, hey, what's up? Deep I'm voice, yes. but is historically a drag queen performer. Hey. Hmm. I, I can't. I don't. I don't know enough about. No, the sort I just of, think. Uh, I think it's a little interesting. It is very interesting, but I kind of like that idea where it's like, yes, I'm the mother wolf. Wolves have deep ass voices. Right. That's how it yeah. is. Right. 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 No effort to. Rather than like, uh, get Rosie O'Donnell. Like I, you know, whatever, whatever Disney did. Right. You <laughs> yeah. Know? Like get who's who's the who's a funny lady who yeah. can, who can play the animal. That is the thing with these dubs is they like feel so much like the product of like. Who's at just the right level of like? Well, they're not going to tell us to fuck off, but right. like we know their right. voice. They're right. kind of a hot name, right. but it also feels like them being like, just do the thing that you do. Like, don't try to fit the character too much, right. by and large. I, and then you'll read like interviews with Minnie Driver, interviews with Mark Hamill, where they're like, I took this seriously. Sure, right. I'm giving a performance versus like right. someone like Billy Bob, who's like, yeah, that was an afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> they told me he was like an idiot, so I just did the sling blade voice. Is there a problem? Said something about some big crazy boar monster. Wild. That was a really bad Billy Bob Thornton impression. He's kind of like hard to wait, do. What is, no, but yeah, I need to rewatch Armageddon. That's the one where he has like eighteen lines. It's the size of Texas, sir. You know, like where he every yeah. line he says is like some folksy nonsense. Yeah, uh, like I he just drank a big Bob. ball of barbecue sauce before each take. <laughs> I miss Billy Bob just being in like. Five movies a year. Remember when Billy Bob would just crop up in everything? Uh, yeah, well, he was on the Amazon original series uh, uh, Goliath. I think that got it renewed. That's coming back. D- did it? Yeah. Third season. Goliath. I feel like the third season's already aired. Okay, Am fine. I wrong about well, that? I don't know. I don't know if you've noticed, but Amazon's been doing this thing where they just nine months later go, oh, yeah, no, we're not making more of that after not announcing anything ever. Hmm. hmm. 
No, season two aired the last year, okay. and they just announced that there will be a third. They season. just announced. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. So that's just keeping him busy. Also, of course, we know his uh, musical act. Sure. Uh, the box tops, I think they're called. What's that? What they're called? <laughs> the bo- box cutters. <laughs> box cutters. The Wait box a spinners. This got dark. <laughs> it's something with box in it. It's the box masters. It's the Whoa. box masters. I don't know Is what to really tell what it's you. Called? It's the box masters. Shit. Uh, it's That's uh, hillbilly British invasion music. Correct. Okay, and I'm reading that from that from a isn't computer. Anything he calls it hillbilly mod rock. What? I guess you can call anything anything. Guys, yeah, you can. But guys, let's go to a Boxmaster show. This sounds fun. Hillbilly mod rock. You guys have all seen the interview with Billy Bob Thornton. Uh, yes. Right, where they ask him a question about balancing his acting, his music career, and then he starts talking about his hobbies as a child. I have not Right. Seen he won't answer the questions directly. It's an interview with a uh, noted sex criminal, Gian Gameshi. Oh. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he, uh, you know, he goes like, so what's it like balancing your acting career and your music career? And he goes like, uh, when I was a young child, I loved uh, movie monsters. <laughs> <laughs> I would buy Remco model kits and I would read famous monsters of film land and there was a contest one time when I won. And then I'll ask him another question and he'll go like, I used to play baseball. And he's like not answering directly and then he goes, I, I feel like you're being obtuse and he goes, well, uh, you know, you're going to treat what I like to do as a hobby then I'll tell you about some hobbies I have. Wow. And his attitude was, we had an agreement that you would not ask me any questions about acting. And uh, sure. you know what and he, he was trying to like sneak an acting. Okay. You know what? I'm correcting myself. He okay. didn't even ask a question about acting. He in the introduction said a band which includes Billy Bob Thornton, who you might know from his film work. And he that was that was had that only the prepared line. music questions. Right. And yeah. Billy Bob was so angry that they contextualized him as a movie star. Now the wind up for this is the other day I was at a comic book store and I was at the clearance shelf and I found that there is a Boxmasters graphic novel. Fuck. Oh, wow. Because the mythos of the Boxmasters is too big for the six albums they release a year. Because they're one of these bands that goes like, we're so prolific and all of it's so good, we have to release 800 songs a year. <laughs> the Boxmasters graphic novel on the back goes, a band comprised of Billy Bob Thornton, film actor, director. Wow. <laughs> so In he parentheses on the back. Oh, they're traveling through time. Attempting to destroy the history of rock and roll. They're trying to stop the person who's attempting to destroy the history of rock and roll. Okay. okay. They're the saviors. Um, well, for $150, you can uh, meet the Boxmasters, go to a show, get a photo with them, and uh, pick up a VIP pass. So Let's maybe we do should do it. That. Yeah, August 10th in Vegas. You want to go? Yeah. Cool. I'm going to I'm gonna do that and wear my Monsters Ball t-shirt that I got <laughs> from the launch. I'm going to wear my, party. my Eagle Eye baseball cap. Eagle Eye. I'm trying to think of other Billy Bob Thornton projects. I, I remember this interview when he was doing press for Eagle Eye, and they were like, so what attracted you to the script? And he was like, my agent calls me like every couple of years and goes, Billy, you got to do another movie where you're at a bus stop. <laughs> what? And he was like, what? And he was like, you know, the thing where you're on the poster at the bus stop. <laughs> so it had been about three years, and they offered me this. But, like, that is, to me, the epitome of a Billy Bob role is just, like, Shia LaBeouf gets brought into, yeah. you know, some jail. Son, do you know what you're doing like, here? Like, you're in some real trouble, son. Yeah. Like, just Billy Bob comes in in a suit, and you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, son, there's an eagle eye. <laughs> you son, either son. are or are in the sights of an eagle eye. Son, son, Tommy Lee Jones was busy. 
He turned us the hell down, so here I am. Son, my agent said I need to be in a bus stop. So you you get Bebo. Yeah. (laughs) You think he calls himself Bebo? Definitely. He does, does. yeah. He does. Yeah. Uh, Bad Bad Santa 2. That was like a couple years ago. That made the bus stop, I think. It didn't do well, but it certainly made the bus stop. That was certainly like a big departure for Miyazaki. <laughs> yeah, that, that one was pretty weird. But look, I when still, he made that one, I contend with our original statement: he has never made a bad film. Never made a bad yeah, one. Sure, from but Castle he, of Cagliostro like, to Bad Santa Two, all of them are masterpieces. <laughs> and he didn't make Bad Santa One, which is weird. No, I didn't know that they. At all. Yeah, he actively expressed his uh, dislike for it. In fact, he said, "Yeah, he Santa, said, I, he, what he makes said him, I can do that better." And Bebo was like, right. "Prove it," and then he proved it. He had to go in and pitch on Bad Santa Two. <laughs> And he said, I think the thing that truly makes Santa bad is his lack of relationship with nature. <laughs> and they gave him the job in the room. And so, so it's Santa just like wandering through the forest, like encountering spirits. Who is good enough to really decide he is bad Santa? Mm. So he's looking for good Santa. That does sound mm. like that doesn't exist. a Miyazaki takeaway. Right, right. Yeah, it's is shades of gray Santa. Santa. Yeah. What God has deemed him bad Santa? <laughs> Princess okay. Mononoke, okay. uh-huh. a film I had not seen before. Oh, right. This was one of the... Well, no, you haven't seen most of them. I haven't right. seen most of them. Right. Had oh, not really? seen it before. Yeah, Griff is discovering Miyazaki. He yeah. Basically... Exa- I, I, yes. Yeah, I kind of went on the same trip. I got the... For like two... Like uh, Christmas 2017, I got the whole Miyazaki collection on Blu-ray, and mm-hmm. I had only seen like Cal- Castle of Cagliostro and... I think Spirit Away, that may have been it. Uh, and I just tore through them. It's a, it's a delightful journey. Uh, were you a Lupin fan? Did you see Cagliostro through that? Or had you seen that no, one kind of randomly? No, I... <clears throat> Dad used to get just, like, VHSs sent to the house. And I don't know mm-hmm. if he was on some sort of mailer or what. Uh, and he got a lot of anime, like, sent to him, which neither of us really watched. Um, but then we got a copy of Castle of Cagliostro and he's like, oh, I've actually heard this is good. And we watched it together when I was like eight or nine. Oh, wow. And, uh, I was like, oh, actually this is the raddest thing ever. It rocks. <laughs> that movie it was not, is it, the that, best. still, yeah, still like a really, really great onboarding to, uh, the rest of Miyazaki's work, even though it's not really like the rest of it. But yeah, yeah. that, that was sort of where I came out. And then Spirited Away, I don't know. I feel like everybody saw that. Was that. Just so that was the one. Right, right, came right. Out. Yeah. right. Um, I, I knew that this was sort of like, oh, this is like his serious, like, epic. This is like his big, like, fantasy action movie epic. Mm-hmm. I did not realize that it's literally a movie about, like, man fighting nature. Hell yeah. This is his themes, like, sir, like, yeah. like, like made flesh, right? Right. Like, the stuff that Totoro is sort of about. <laughs> Right. Right. Like, you know, our humanity, our, our oneness with nature has been disrupted. And right. Like, what is man's relationship to the outside world? But this is like a, a sword, like, epic version yes. of the happening. <laughs> well, <laughs> well wait a second. In the worst imaginable light. <laughs> is he on to something? <laughs> wait a second. Uh, no, it is like, like it's in the. There, what is the name? Is there a genre for the Fern Gully Avatar like oh, yeah. uh, right. battle between uh, bad man right, and like good nature? Enviro right. epic, right? Yeah, yeah. Like that kind eco of thing. adventure, right? Yeah, <laughs> because, yeah, an eco adventure. Yeah, it's like an this eco vengeance like movie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It's a uh, it's the timeless story of uh, Polly Shore versus the world, <laughs> the living world, exactly. We all uh, know that the world has been against Polly Shore. But what if for this movie, 
Pauly Shore was against the world. You mentioned like a Miyazaki-esque take. And I Mm. feel like this is about where in his career, like if you did not know what that dude was about and uh, where his like, where his sort of just disillusionment with life started, I think you could probably clock it, clock it right here at, yeah. at Princess Mononoke. Yes. Yeah, because this, the other movies up until this point are are sort of like cut with some sense of like, there there are characters living these pure joyful lives, right? In some corner of his tapestry, you know. Or, like, their sadness is cut with, like, moments of, like, whimsical bliss or whatever. And this is, like, a film about, like, a world that maybe doesn't deserve to exist anymore. Yeah, it's, it's super, yeah. I, um, it's funny. I actually, uh, I know I mentioned that I'm not, like, a huge anime fan, but I did watch all of Neon Genesis Evangelion in, like, two and a half days Just, on Netflix. Mean the new, right, right. Yeah. I've been, well, is it's it not worth new. It? It's, I know, I know, I know. But the, the, is it worth it? Yeah. yeah. It's a, uh, not in a every second of it was good and enjoyable way, but in a like, I've never quite seen anything like it way. But it is, uh, it was funny watching this right after uh, binging Eva because it's, uh, it is similarly sort of, uh, maybe we don't deserve to exist. Uh, maybe actually way right. more explicitly right. about that. But, but uh, yeah, the themes... The themes were were pretty compatible, I'd say. Uh, Griffin, if I can just correct your uh, correction quickly. Yeah. Uh, you said it's not new. It's just new to Netflix. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but shows don't exist until they're on Netflix. You're right. I am sorry. I apologize. Um, and also, I apologize to Netflix. If something gets removed from Netflix, it no longer exists. It doesn't exist. Yeah. I'm so sad that The Office is leaving They're Netflix. canceling The Office. And unavailable, otherwise. There's Friends no other way to watch The Office. Is canceled! Yeah, right. The Office leaving Netflix means that no one can go do any Office. No and I'm... Friends leaving means that no one can have Friends. They closed this Office! They're, they're just going to torch that wing of the Library of Congress. Done. Yeah, right. uh, yeah, what if that's the Library of Congress now? It's just some guy who's like, is it on Netflix? Eh. Fine. They got yeah, it. We don't fine. need to put yeah, it in the library. They don't delete anything, right? <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's just data. It's just servers. Every I, time a website posts one of those, like, "Here's everything leaving Netflix this month," for me, that's like the in memoriam segment of the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. saying goodbye yeah. to some classic shows and movies. Lost to the sands of time. I just still can't get over the fact that Netflix successfully pulled off the hoodwink, where you aired on Lifetime. A yes, full you. season. Capital U. Y, right. U. The Penn right. Badgley series. Right. It aired on another channel. Full season. Right. Then they produced a second season. Yes. Nine months later, Netflix was like, we'll buy both seasons. Right. They put it up a year after it had aired. And Maybe a little less. Like, nine check months, out this whatever. new show. And everyone's like, huh, Netflix original. <laughs> Great new show about <laughs> you. No one believed me when I told them that that show had aired on broadcast television. Griffin, stop swinging a torch around. No, I'm leaving! <laughs> Griffin, stop climbing up that mountain to yell. No, I'm Believe me! Um, and Doesn't prin- exist until it's on Netflix. Right, yes. And Princess Mononoke um, is not yet on Netflix, so, so it doesn't, doesn't exist. exist but it's I'm, an idea. Right, it's an idea. <laughs> I was... I was wondering if uh, these are going to pop up on in, in on the the Disney Plus app or whatever it's called that's no, coming in November. They will no. not. Miyazaki forbids it. Yeah, a Disney uh, let go of all the Miyazaki, the Ghibli rights. Oh, I didn't know that. So now it's an independent uh, company called G Kids. Yes, who's right. behind all the theatrical releases and now all the physical media releases. But Miyazaki also will not allow his movies to be streaming, whether for purchase huh. or for free. Won't not allow. allowed. Can you put? 
it in a river. Can you can you put a DVD in a river? Yes, he would love that. Okay. He, he's very into that. He's right. been clear. Right. Okay, great. Right. He will let his movies uh, brook. <laughs> right. <laughs> he won't let them stream. Uh, no, but I think we've talked about this. I I, I got to, I met the guy who's the head of uh, G-Kids. G-Kids and yeah. was talking to him about it. And uh, he was just like, there, there's no argument you can make that will sell him on it. He just doesn't like the idea of the things – streaming right and there's no amount of money that would change his mind because he already owns a house and he likes it yeah yeah uh, that's the thing. he's got a modest house and he's like what more do i need he's like the <laughs> judge that can't be bought in like a batman movie right. where he's like right yeah, what, what, i've got everything i want a house right. a yeah. chair <laughs> yes pencils i've got like uh i've got like 200 pictures of airplanes <laughs> right one tree. <laughs> I got one tree, and uh, it's covered in pictures of airplanes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, just uh, limitless brilliance. That's the other yeah. thing he's got. Right. Yeah. No, but I mean, I think uh, I, I don't. I don't think that's ever going to change. And it's weird because the thing that has created is a. These are some of the most torrented movies. Sure. Yes. Now they in are our, stolen online. Right. Yes. Because people are used to. If I can't watch something this easily, I'll break the law. And on the flip side, they're now still some of the best-selling physical media. Of course, right. It's like right. the Disney Vault. It right. drives people to to you know. It's like right, yeah, right. It's a, which is which is wild because I feel like it only recently became possible to get all of the like I would not have bought all these films piecemeal. Yeah, I got the Miyazaki collection like the day it came out, which wasn't until like. A few years ago, yeah. like it's a very new thing. It was to be able to like grab all these. Wind yes. rises, yeah, and then like a year <laughs> after that, Disney let the rights go. Right, and right. so now they've all been re-released as piecemeal, and everyone's waiting for the new releases to be recollected. Right, but I have to imagine that falls under something where he has approval over that. Right, I imagine there's yeah. be some reason that G Kids hasn't immediately put them all in one box. It'll happen. Yeah, I assume he's got a new movie coming. Maybe at that point they Bad can Santa do it all 3. again. Bad Santa three. Bad as Santa. Hardly, yeah. hardly <laughs> Santaing. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Mononoke. Mononoke. Let's talk about the movie. Okay. Right. Yes. Okay. Uh, it opens with some of the wildest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> I could not believe. It really is a cold open too. Where you're yeah. like, oh, so it's like a guy in a wait. What's happening? You know what I mean? Like, it's like a waterboard open. <laughs> it's like. Yeah, <laughs> they're like pouring ice water down your throat. Especially since, like, yeah. I'm trying to think, like, you know, Porco Rosso. What does it open on? Pig sitting in a chair, magazine on his face, taking a nap. Yeah. Toro. What does that open with? Like, some kids move into a new house and they right. run around. Right. So, well, gentle. Let's, right. Let's gently ease into this right. new world. This movie opens with a giant boar <laughs> infested by d- demon worms. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> made of evil spaghetti. <laughs> Correct. Infinitely writhing meat chuck, yeah, uh, and uh, and 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 a battle, and a battle between a young prince and, and his uh, dad, yes, patriot, yes, uh, yes, right, yeah. is that his dad? I, I don't know. Thought I don't know. Father figure, sure, a fatherly man. Um, are you talking about the elk? Because I don't think the elk is his dad. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, let's Get say on the record. Let's say this though. Elk is daddy. Yeah, the elk's pretty cool. <laughs> elk in this movie is kind of zaddy. Yeah. For, um, for an elk. For yeah, an elk. Yeah. If we're talking about, like, Miyazaki forest spirits that can get it. Yeah, sure. And it's a long list. 
you know, I mean, Totoro's thick. Totoro is mad thick. Yeah. He's swole. <laughs> He's swole. Um, <laughs> Radish spirit. I don't know if you're a member, but he can get it. Yeah. Uh, yeah Spirited Away is just loaded with hot spirits. Oh, this is the yeah, thing yeah. you don't, you know, you, you maybe don't recall. I'm excited to rewatch. It's got a yeah. lot of hot spirits. And yeah. I don't mean because they're it's, in a bath. Yeah. No, uh, no, no face, but, uh, you know, mm-hmm. a ton of ass. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> so he, um, he's so fighting spaghetti boy. Ashitaka. Yeah. That's his name, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. He's a, a village prince. Yeah. In what do we think? You know, like 15th, 16th century Japan. Uh, I, I saw on Wikipedia uh, it said the. Uh, Muromachi year. Japan. Uh, thir- th- it's sometime between 1336 and 1573. So somewhere okay. in there. Yeah. Um, medieval Japan. Yes. And. Uh, he gets he gets a worm arm. He gets a, he gets a worm arm uh, he, from right. this battle. Right. He he gets a uh, uh, how, how do they call it? It's not a bite. It's not a rash. But he's uh, got a burn from the dark spirit. Yeah, like a cur- a curse. He's got a curse. He's got a curse because he he shadow of the colossus is this boar, but touches right. it <laughs> right mid mid fight and gets a curse. Right. Um, and so now he's got this evil in his arm. He's got he's got an evil arm, and his arm occasionally, like Doctor Strange, loves and tries to like grab his sword and kill people. Right, right. Uh, this is also the point in the movie where I, on my first watch, realized it was not going to be like my neighbor Totoro <laughs> when the uh, spaghetti boar <laughs> fucking melts, like melts on the molecular level yeah. down to gore covered bones, and I was like, oh. oh Okay, right. okay, okay. But then the movie totally chills out by uh, having him decapitate people with arrows repeatedly. Like, Their head just the pops movie. off. It just, and it, what I love about the violence in this movie, because it's a violent this ass movie. very violent, like, and he really has never made a movie this violent. Like, no, Nausicaa yeah, no. and Porco Rosso have action. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know about violence. Like, but this is, like this is full blown. Right. Yeah. yeah. He shoots a lot of arrows at samurai, and they're... Heads and arms go flying off, but even that is done in what I feel like is such a like Ghibli esque way, where there's not sprays of blood. They just kind of turn into like ham hocks. They just kind of turn into the perfect like right, little, where it's like, like circle of cross meat, section bone. of meat with right. a little yeah. circular bone in there with no blood, and it's just like, oh, okay, it's like. It's fun. It's a fun dismemberment. It is weird too. Also, like when the evil animals are like dripping with blood. It doesn't look like blood is like spraying off of them. It looks like the blood has just become part of their being, if that makes any sense. Yes. Like they're just like, and this is where I bleed. It's there's so many like upsetting visuals in this movie, which is such a stark contrast to everything else that almost that, that entire Ghibli and Miyazaki right. has made, right? right. Because yeah. it's all about like you know, on the uh, complete opposite end of the spectrum is Ponyo, where like every inch of the screen is filled with some beautiful thing. Right. And in this one, like even the woods are, you know, arboreal and pretty, but they also look like a place where if you step foot into them, you'll be killed in the most horrible way imaginable. Like there's so many uninviting things in this movie, not the least of which being uh, the the big spaghetti monsters. Big spaghetti uh, monsters are scary, but then even the benevolent things, like the creepy, the little, scariest, yeah, yeah, uh, head, yeah, head twitching things, right. and the fucking like har- spirit of the forest, right? Who is? If I was a kid, I would be scared of the, yeah. the deer with the like you know red face. But even like who's like smiling? What's yeah. up with that? The little the little twitchy uh, uh, little clockwork twitchy guys. head face guys. Kodomo, I yeah. believe. Kodomo, yeah. yeah. 
they're like yeah. the cute characters in the movie. Right. Like they're right. the only characters in the movie who like graphically look kind of like adorable Ghibli characters, but also everything about how they move and sound is terrifying. Yeah, yeah I feel like it's really cute how uh, at the climax of the movie, hundreds and hundreds of their corpses fall from the sky <laughs> like so many snowflakes. I think it's really cute and I want to buy a stuffed it's animal. Cute. I mean, today. they're like a hop and a step away from like the little grudge monster. Right? Yes. The, little, the little white little boy, boy. Yeah, yeah. with the eyes. Yeah, you know, we've talked about, like, in all of his movies, there's usually, like, one big, like, animation, like, showcase thing where it's, like, um, uh, the bridge collapsing, you know, where, like, he, like, animates, like, a thousand splinters of wood or, like, the shirts ripping or whatever this, like, the most detailed kinetic kind of element is. And this movie, like, starts with that, with Wild Spaghetti Boar. And then I'm like, wow, that's like that looks like it's a bitch to animate. Like there's so much writhing so movement much and detail around him, right? And then it turns out that that's just a repeated. That's CGI. No, 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 no. Is it? Uh, isn't it? Yeah, there's, there's some. There's some there's CGI. Some CGI this is the... for the wriggling. This okay. is the, the first, first movie where they use CGI. Interesting, because I know certainly with when you get to like um, the sort of uh, water spirit at the end. Yeah. That looks like that has CGI augmentation. It's just the first time he deigned to allow sure. CG assistance. I was going to say, I had no idea how he did it because then they keep on uh, having creatures be infested by spaghetti worms. Right. Like it just keeps happening. Um, exactly. Yes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just reading it. Uh, mostly hand drawn, incorporates some use of computer animation for like five minutes of footage. Okay. So, yeah, and always is a blend. Um,. Spirited Away has it too with the flower. There's a yeah. few, you know, they, he starts to just sort of like inch towards. The spaghetti worms looked hand drawn to me. It was yeah. stuff at the end that looked a yeah, little yeah, yeah, yeah. CGI augmented. But um, the, he he goes to the elder, yeah, and she tells him, "Look, I don't know if there's anything we can She's do." She's kind of like, right, you know. I'm wait, you got you throat. got one of those? Uh, what is it? A uh, evil arm? Oh, you're, wait, you're telling me it was a spaghetti boar? Oh, fuck. Uh, there's a book about that. And, like, takes down book with giant skull and crossbones on it. <laughs> <laughs> you got EAS, evil arm syndrome? It's no good, very bad, don't do it. Um. So, yeah, he's got to go. Um, they find out. The, well, th- that's the, the thing. The, They're like, look, probably you're fucked. Right, right, There's right. a small chance if you go, like, into the deepest, darkest, spookiest parts of the forest you might be able to find something yeah but no promises and this is i guess he lives in the nice place pretty good he lives lives in like bucolic nice place no he lives in the place that 500 years ago was completely hulkamania ran over it and (laughs) decimated the entire village i don't know that i would call that the nice place like that is a that is a small small uh, once ruined enclave of of a lifestyle that no longer can exist in in this uh, in this version of Japan, right. th- this movie actually a, we gave it a hard time for falling into that uh, eco adventure genre, but I feel like it really explores a lot of stuff around that. Like it doesn't just say like these are the bad guys; they want the no, that's why fucking unobtainium from the. Yeah. Exactly. It's like no one is it was bad. Re- Everyone is yeah, bad. no one's bad yeah. except from except for maybe like the forces of humanity that we don't actually see in this, or maybe are represented by like the bad. Uh, like uh, samurai forces that come in, but like yeah. his little village is a symptom of this like rough transition of 
a, a pre-industrialized, you know, medieval it's just environment. Discovering like, metals and things like that and like mining the forest and chopping things down. But they're like, yeah, we're trying to live here. And we're just those, trying to live like, and not be. Yeah. And we are disruptive. Like that is right. we, we are the fucking iron ball that's in the boar that gave him worms right like right and you're in one of those messy like transition periods between like cyclical societal resets where people are like what what do we do now what what's what's humanity like yeah right yeah but that, I, mean, I feel like that's why this movie rules more yes like you're saying like much more than fern Gully, where the demon is just a pollution monster or avatar or whatever like where it's like no but uh, david actually can i say okay. i don't know if you picked up on it because it's very subtle mm. The, Please do your bit. The villain. <laughs> I'm so excited. The villain in Ferngully is like a pollution monster. <laughs> What's his name again? Please. You always forget, and oh, I always fuck. have to look it's it Tim up. It's Tim Curry. It's Tim Curry. <laughs> his name's not Paluto. It's not Paluto, but like you know, it's it's a. Uh, oh Jesus! I always also forget how stupid he looks. Hexus. That's wow. His name. Hexus is not great. <sighs> he smoke. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's a smoky guy. He's yeah. a smoky toxic guy. Um, rather than that, uh-huh. the villains here are like just like the, what we have done. We, yes. We're living six hundred years on or whatever, and we're like we know what we did, right? Like this is just the beginning of that. We're just this is the infestation. It's so brilliant how Ashitaka is like not one of the uh, like parties in this conflict. Like Ashitaka yeah. is an outside observer right. from this cloister that you know wants nothing to do with it, but has been pulled into it because. The spaghetti boar was turned evil by this iron ball that somebody shot into it. And now, like, it's like they are getting the splash damage of global warming or whatever, even though, like, they had no part in it whatsoever. Like, he's being pulled in, but doesn't doesn't give a shit about industrialization versus preservation. No, like, that's, that's the thing. Like, everyone in this movie is kind of just trying to survive. Like, there's no one trying to, like, like uh, seize uh, great power. No. You know? They're all trying to live. Yeah. Bebo's, I think you make a case that Bebo's character is not great. Well, Bebo's a little stinker. I mean, let me say, this this guy, I I feel like with him... He's like an opportunist, right? Right. He's like, look, I gotta live, like, I'll grab what I can. Because in the grand scheme of things, he he could be a lot more evil than he is. Like, he's kind of uh, unambitious. He's a pain at the end when he's, like, grabbing the head and stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's fucked up. But it also just feels like, as you said, like, he's an opportunist. He's like, I don't know. What's, like, the best thing I can do at this moment? He's got no overarching scheme. He's like a bad Santa. He's kind of like a bad... It's like if Santa was, but he's trying to think how to describe him. He's, like, sort of (laughs) roly-poly. Jolly, usually. Jolly. (laughs) Uh, carries around the uh, surprise things in his sack I'm or writing, basket. I'm writing this script. It's like untitled Santa who's not so good yeah. project, but I can't think of a name for it. You yeah. know what I mean? No yeah. good Wrong Santa. Santa. No, that doesn't. Wrong <laughs> Santa is a different. Wrong Santa to be very frightening. <laughs> who is that coming down the chimney? Uh, that's the wrong Santa. <laughs> Why do you have seven arms? Oh, that's uh, the wrong Santa. Oh boy, we got the Why wrong Santa. <laughs> Why are there teeth coming out of your torso? <laughs> He's just all teeth. That's yeah. what that's what wrong Santa is. He's that tooth guy. Remember remember the tooth monster? That's just all teeth. What are you from talking? the show? Yeah, from the show. 
You know, the show that was like scary things. I'm going to find it for you now, and you're going to be very upset. There's with a that. show with a scary th- what, what, what? What is this? It's a tooth man. But what's this It was like the creepy, the creepy pasta. Like, I think it was sci-fi did like an adaptation. It was sci-fi. It was called Channel Zero. It okay. was on Channel sci-fi, Zero. and it was adapting uh, like the best creepy pastas. Wow. Yes. And one of them was like, what if there was a guy who was, he was all teeth? Very, Nothing else. Delivering cool. presents to yeah. good kids' houses. Uh, and uh, there he is. So, like, I'm his punch Griffin. could turn into a bite? I like that. That was a superpower. Wow. His tooth powers. Uh, from Candle Cove. That's what that was called. All right. Candle Cove. Remember Candle so Cove? So, anyway, and then Ashitaka just starts, All like, right. splitting dudes in half. Yes. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he has superpowers now because his he's got one. I do wish he had like an oversized arm. That would have been fun. Like Freddy like, Rodriguez kinda. and Lady in the Water. Exactly. But <laughs> you know, you, yeah, you know what I mean. Like if he's like double arm, like one of his arms is just double sized. But I like I like his weird kind of like gross burn. Yes, he's cool. got left, and I like when sort of like it, it activates, and then you have the sort of swirling sort of smoke and aura around it. I like that. Otherwise, it's kind of like oh, this. Like this is my shitty arm. You know. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, so he, uh, yeah, he meets B- Billy Bob. I'm just going to call him Billy Bob yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, who sort of like fills him in on Great Forest Spirit, Iron Town, right, all yeah. that kind of stuff. There is there is very subtly a Chekhov's gun set, off, uh, set up of the emperor once the animal, the forest spirit's head. Yes. Because it's supposed to give you eternal life. Right? Yeah. I'm sure that will come in handy later. <laughs> yes. Which, by the way, I don't think it does. I think uh, that head does not give you eternal life. No. It just makes a giant no. sludge monster try like Lots go everywhere. <laughs> yeah, uh, like immediately bad when that head yeah. comes off. Yeah, very very quick response. It's time. not like a monkey's paw <laughs> thing where like it turns out that it's no. bad to take it. Like no. it's just like right away red alert. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, and then he goes to Iron Town. Come on, let's talk Iron Town, guys. I don't know. What else should we... Uh, can you f- fill me in if I'm forgetting plot things. No, I, th- no, I think you're there. Yeah, I think we no, get to Iron, Iron Town. Town. Yeah. I, just, I mean, he sees he sees the fight, right? Like, we are introduced to the... Uh, the the uh, What is it? The uh, Lord Asana? Who is the the other the other uh, army in here? Like, the samurai who they have to, like, fight Oh, right, off yeah, yeah. Right, yes. right, right, right. It's just going into a town and just massacring everybody in it. And that is where he sort of discovers his super strength when he... Uh, starts splitting dudes. Uh, yes, yes. The Boar Clan. Uh, I'm a big fan of. Oh, no, I was talking about the humans. Oh, I know. Yeah, 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 but yeah. I want to bring in a group of guys that I like a lot. <laughs> Jago's Boar Clan. <laughs> who hide out in boar skins. Yeah, oh, the, oh, the yeah. boar skins is the coolest visual in the entire yeah. movie. But when they have, like, what is it? Like, the blow darts peeking out of the eye holes of the boar? Pretty spooky. Pretty spooky stuff. Yeah. Uh, very, very spooky. Also, just well, we're we're jumping. Yeah, I just like uh, the the boar daddy. What's what's the boar daddy's name? Big boar. Uh, Keith David. Oh, yes. Just being like, no, these are definitely the boars. They're yeah. back. Great. <laughs> They're I smell them. Yeah, they yeah. Stink. I was they worried about like, uh, this. Is definitely the boars. Yeah, they, they sing they, like Pumbaa. Yeah. Right. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're, they are all singing Hakuna Matata. Yeah. What are you they, talking about? These guys have boar skin. <laughs> How could they be anything else but boars? Uh, they don't have visible moving legs. That's, <laughs> sometimes boars do that. <laughs> they have no eyes. Their skin is flapping. <laughs> in the your wind? entire clan is your entire clan is dead. Yeah, man, Occam's Razor. <laughs> they came back. I'm telling you, man, they stink like boars. It gotta be boars. But Iron Town, okay? okay? We meet Iron Town. Lady Eboshi. She's kind of the coolest character mm. because she's 
villainous but not bad and right. she's like impressive and strong and fascinating but like you know causing pr- right you know you're like she's complicated like there's just never a character like this in an animated movie for that children could watch. Everyone's looking out for Although themselves. I'd be afraid for looking out for their people. Yeah, yes. sure. Yeah. It's a competitive time. It's right. a battle to stay alive. Yeah, yeah. Well, th- I mean, also people who are sort of on the outside of you know the 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 culture that was growing in in other uh, more like established places, like uh, lepers making. Uh, oh. Firearms to help you know protect and maybe even grow Iron Town and uh, you know prostitutes who yes. were coming to do or like everybody everybody in the town was like effectively on equal footing. They had you know women working in the forges uh, in a you know where, which probably wasn't happening anywhere else. Like there was a she was trying to create this perfect civilization of complete uh, equality right. and wild growth. And the only and, way you, you know, can do it is that deep in the forest or whatever, like wherever, yeah. untouched from uh, main mainline civilization. And like does everything she does to, well, supposedly does everything she does to, you know, protect those people. That's at least what she claims and, and, and says. Whether or not she's like exploiting that idea, I feel like the movie maybe doesn't touch of like, uh, you know, I am defended because I am making a community of uh, ostracized people. And isn't that nice? But really, I just want, you know. I want to take over the world with my good hard weapons that are made of the hard stuff that we found in the sand. <laughs> that, that that hard stuff is helpful. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that, that iron sand. But that's the other big thing of just like at this point in time, it's like what what is the best strategy for staying alive? Right. Like everyone's yeah, sure. trying to figure out like what's the best way to form a society so that we don't get killed by other people or boars. This this first scene where she takes uh, Ashitaka on like a tour and shows shows him like how the town operates right. and how how they are achieving this this balance and this equality. Uh, the thing that stuck out to me this time is she like walks him up to her private chambers and walks him through this big ass garden that she has. This big 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 garden that she has in her front yard. So like if you were ready to write her off as the person who just wants to obliterate nature for you know. Uh, for profit's sake, like I think it kind of takes the legs out of that argument right. because it's like you know it's not like she doesn't care completely, but she wants to maybe feel a little more control over nature. You know, sure. She pitches it as like they started it. She yeah, pitches it like right, we, right. we need stuff and we got the stuff, and then wolves and boars started to like come and try and murder us. And, and t- we're people, I, so that's not good. I yeah. would not love it if there was a boar that was uh, the size of a building that was trying to hurt me. Either. Sounded I like be in, like a car sized boar. Yeah. I don't know how big are those boars. They're car sized. Yeah, big old boars. Big old boars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I the leper scene I find very unnerving and touching. Yes, like you know, or like. Yeah, unnerving is good because it's genuinely unsettling or frightening right. or whatever to right. think about this. Miyazaki apparently was like, he is to this day moved by the plight of lepers in Japan. Wow. And he was like, I wanted to like, deal with the incurable disease, quote unquote, caused by bad karma, which is like you know, yeah. an old, outdated belief. Is, is that still a, a serious issue in Japan? I don't know about serious, okay. but like it exists. He can't get over it, though. Yeah, yeah. The choice to animate the lepers speaking, where their heads are completely covered in bandages, right? But the mouth of the bandage sort of flaps a little bit. Yeah, you know. So it's not just like some disembodied voice coming from under gauze. It's like, oh right, there's like a person there who's emoting, whose face you're never gonna see. 
Uh, yeah, it's frightening. Yeah. But also, as Griffin is saying, like, just immediately, like, every Disney movie she would, I don't know, she'd do something. She's not Cruella de Vil. Exactly. Like, she's right. not wearing right. the skin of the boar and, like, <laughs> don't I look so beautiful? Right. right. Because, because vanity is bad. She, anyway. She would get to sing her one song about, like, by the way, I'm evil. Right. Yeah. Would be like. That you know, would be the name of the song. Right. Yeah. Verse one. <laughs> by the way, I'm evil. Verse two. I don't and like grass and trees. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I write on and on like yeah. that. I eat squirrels whole. Uh, Minnie Driver also like sells it. So she's like just cool as shit. Like she sounds so cool and Minnie collected Driver. and seems like the perfect like representation of this person who just like handles shit and has made something out of nothing. This was the time when it felt like Minnie Driver was going to be like a major force. She's forever. like coming off an Oscar nom when she when this right. is coming out in America. Like, yeah, right. And this is one of those. I, uh, uh, Romilly, my my uh, much younger sister, saw Good Will Hunting for the first time a couple of years ago and had that reaction. She has sometimes. How did she like, like those apples? She liked those apples. She oh, actually okay. liked them apples a lot. <laughs> okay, great. But um, she said to me, she was like, "What what happened to Minnie Driver?" Yeah. Like, when she sees a movie that's from before she was born or when she was too young. Right, like, and what happened to this person? There's right, someone yeah. giving that much of a movie star performance, and she's like, why has that person not been a presence in my conscious yeah. life? Yeah. And I was right. like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, it was, she's one of those people where it kind of feels like we did her dirty. Yeah. There was I, that I weird know. fucking thing where Damon dumped her on Oprah. What? Do you remember this? Man, for a blandly charming man, Matt Damon is a lot of weird shit on TV. He's got some baggage. <laughs> he, because he and Minnie Driver were dating after Goodwill Hunting, and yeah. everyone loved it because it was like, oh, the people from the movie mm-hmm. found true love. And then, like, a year after that, I want to say, he went on Oprah, and he was like, so, Oprah was like, what about you and Minnie? And he was like, yeah, it's over between us. Damn. And she's like, that was the first that I had heard of me. it. Yeah. Sheesh. Matt. Matt. Why is he always doing crazy things? I don't know. Um, but she, this was like that moment where it felt like uh, she she was going to be like a major, major uh, presence. Um, but she is phenomenal at, at, at villains. Um, yes. And I do think she is good at uh, finding the human core to negative characters. Uh, Beyond the Lights. I was going to say, I think it was one of my nominees yes, that year. She's fantastic yes. in that. She's on that show now. I don't watch it. What's she was on Speechless, which just got canceled. Oh, it just got canceled? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Well, that's too bad. People like that show, right? She should have played Thanos. I mean, you're you're making this you point. You think she should play Thanos? <laughs> no, because you're saying Interestingly, that... she dated Josh Brolin for a while. Did yeah. she really? Yeah. I think they were married. They, they were engaged. They were engaged. When was that? 2001. Weird. Before he marries Diane Lane? Uh, yes. You'd have to ask in 2004. I'd have to ask Josh. Yeah, you had to call him up. It takes a toll. I don't know. I can't do a Thanos. It takes a toll. takes a toll. This day carries a heavy toll. That's what he said. It takes a toll. I don't know. No. It's weird. For a character so iconic, there is no Thanos impression. <laughs> You know? Let me bring me the sugar. <laughs> sugar water. Sugar water. When, oh. when I snap my fingers, I want sugar and water. And Thanos. Would you take the infinity stones and put them in some water? Gemstones and water. Just, uh, just for the listener, Ben's uh, checking his phone. Yep. Oh, weird. <laughs> 
<laughs> what could be on there that's more interesting than this? Hey, ben is doing taxes. <laughs> oh, don't bring up taxes to me. Oh, boy. Okay. David's no, stressed about taxes. I'm not stressed about taxes. She's famous last words. I shouldn't have said that. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Anyway, yeah. I just, I love Iron Town. It feels like a D&D. I mean, D&D podcast. Oh, yeah, it, sure. it feels like a great location, Iron Town. Yeah. yeah. Like a, a cool yeah, city. I mean, this is this is true of like most of Miyazaki's movies. I feel this way, uh, like really strongly about Spirited Away, about this idea like that the worlds that these movies introduce feel like they are going to go on after the credits end, yes. even when you stop watching it. Like it is Absolutely. the world is the world is so um, uh, there, there are so many like crystallized facts about this world, and there are so many systems and engines driving this world that like you get the impression that like. This thing was going before the movie started, and it will continue to go after the movie ends. Well, which he, is a really good, you that. know, and yeah, and yeah. not to harp on the leper thing, <laughs> but talking about what would be different in a Disney version of this movie probably wouldn't have any lepers. You don't introduce an element like that if the hero isn't going to somehow save, solve, yeah, or cure them. Yeah, he finds like the leprosy leaf. Right. They, they mash it into right. a paste the forest and it spirits cures them. Right, right. Clear their skin. Like that's just an <laughs> element you're introducing. You're an like, exfoliation spirit. <laughs> right. You're like, this is part of the like tapestry of this city. Yep. And here are people who live a very, very difficult life. Yep. And then the movie goes on. Right, and when the movie ends, you think about the fact that they are just still there, wrapped in bandages, building guns. But then this is also a movie where you're like, okay, all right, Iron Town. This is a lot to handle, but I think I can like, I'm beginning to grasp, yeah, like all the various moving parts in this movie. And then like the big wolf shows up with a girl whose face is, she's got a crazy mask and like right. blood on her face. She's sucking blood out of the wolf's leg. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, okay, oh, okay. So who's this now? This is a whole other thing. And you're like, that's Princess Mononoke. And they're like, no, Mononoke is kind of an idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's got a different name, but they also sort of call her Princess Mononoke. But right, that really just sort of means like spirit princess. Yeah, it's like like king of the campus, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. Her name is not Mononoke. No. Son. Right. right. Son? Yes. Yeah. Uh, in another very dark element, uh, her parents uh, were frightened by this wolf yeah. and just threw her at the wolf. Do you think that they had an issue with the wolf being 12 feet tall? And you think talking? the size was the, was the it's issue? It's a big wolf. It's a big wolf. Yeah. yeah. When, a, when a wolf that big challenges you, you have... You have no other option. You have to yeet your baby <laughs> right at the wolf. You do. Because the, the, wolf, the wolf already won. Right. The wolf is bigger. So the baby has always belonged to the wolf. Do you think right. <laughs> Do you think it was the goal was, were they trying to, like, distract the wolf by giving him the baby? Or were they trying to use the baby as, like, a projectile? Where they're like, oh. maybe if we hit the wolf hard enough with the baby... We'll knock him out. Uh, I mean, when my son was an infant. Right. Yeah, yes. Did you his, throw your son at a wolf? What was the first time you threw your son right, at a wolf? Right, right. Or any, I, or I any large I, creature that was maybe a god of some sort. I don't know if the if everyone listening to this knows who I am. So I'm going to go ahead and clarify that I've never thrown my son. <laughs> uh, but I, I mean, you know. It's your word against ours. Okay. I have to imagine. <laughs> this is our house, our rules. <laughs> I have to imagine his ballistic properties left something to be desired. Really? Good babies yeah, the, tend to be a little squishy. My parents soft bone, soft threw bones. me at a really aggressive-looking cockroach. Well, that would do it. That would probably— Did you squish it, or did you bounce yeah, right off? 
I, I, they raised me. <laughs> now, now, Griffin, you have not met Ben. So for context... He was raised by roaches. Yes. And we genuinely have no idea whether that's true or not. But this huh. is a man I've known for almost a decade. So and I don't your know. Vo- <laughs> your version of this is Joe's apartment then. That's your yeah. Princess Monica. Yeah, that's your, that's yeah. your uh, mid-90s MTV generation movie. Right. Yep. Yep. right. Ben, Ben's been living a, a pretty steady Joe's apartment life <laughs> <laughs> from childhood to present day. Should we reboot Joe's apartment as Ben's apartment? Should that be on our blank check picture slide? Yeah. If by reboot you mean should we place cameras yeah, in Ben's apartment? Yeah, should we just film Ben? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Sell at MTV? <laughs> It's a reality show, baby. That's 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 cheap production. Yeah, they right love there. unscripted. Yeah. Oh, they right. do. Yeah. He's a roach boy, so representation. Right, yeah, right. right. That helps. Not a lot of yeah. roach boys out Not there. a ton of roaches on the TV. Unless Jay Roach has uh, got a new political target. You know what I'm saying? Well, he does, but it's a movie. Yeah, well, it's just for TV. Oh, no, he didn't do the TV one. No, he's doing the movie Roger Ailes. Okay, Griffin, what do you think about the uh, new uh, popular Hollywood trend of everyone making movies and TV shows about Roger Ailes? Everyone's favorite uh, character. Fox, deceased Fox News executive. Uh, Bored. 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 You're bored. You're bored of it? I'm bored of trying to think of a, an opinion. Yeah, <laughs> about it. I've been sitting here trying to think of, of an opinion, and then I was, I, my mind was like, "Why don't you think about the very big meatballs that you have in your refrigerator instead?" Whoa. Oh, so then I started thinking meatballs. about those meatballs, and I couldn't. Gener- I apologize. I couldn't pretend to uh, care. No, no apologies necessary. I've assumed yeah. I have not seen the show, but I assume that it is mostly like Roger Ailes walks into a room and they're like doing a presentation, and he's like, "How about eviler?" Right? <laughs> like, and then the movie's going to be the same thing. Like, what if we lied? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's like I thought like we're like a TV channel where we like do the news, and he's like, "Okay, okay, okay." But what if it was evil? And right. they were like, "Great, we'll make millions." That's right. the movie, right? That's right. The whole is movie. The, it, is there one makeup artist who is just making bank? <laughs> yeah, right. The the Dick Cheney movie <laughs> and like. Any anytime they need a very bad looking, he's your jowl older guy. gentleman. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's yeah. the jowliest makeup guy. The out there. Right, right. He right. did Churchill too. Right. He did Darkest, Darkest Hour. Hour. He's all right. jolly it's up. The, it's yeah. it's the same. Pro- it, Hollywood has one set of prosthetic jowls. Yeah, which that just, is just going around the around the horn. Yeah, it just fills them with like yogurt or whatever, and they like wobble around. You know what's so funny? Uh, uh, there are actors who look like that. And That's seemingly true. every time someone makes a movie or a show like this, they're like, no, I got to pick someone who looks really different. <laughs> right. Because then it's more fun. It's like, wow. But like Damian Lewis playing Toronto Mayor Doug Ford. He's doing that? They That's did a, it. Oh, Jesus. They made a movie. And you're like, oh, notoriously svelte and handsome man. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm looking at the pictures. Okay. It just feels like such a burden to give someone jowls when jowls occur in nature. Some of these Ben are, are fake. Okay, there we go. That's all right. Anyway, I heard Christian Bale. He just kind of puffed his cheeks up naturally. It was all method. Yeah, yeah. No He's like a bullfrog. He whole, can just yeah. inflate. The whole movie is him <laughs> holding his breath. That's why he says his lines really quickly. I think we should be evil. Uh, don't worry, I'll take care of most of the stuff, Mister President. I'm gonna shoot my friend in the face. Uh, so Princess Mononoke. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So come on, San. She attacks uh, Iron Town. Yes. Uh, she has a big fight. She's raised by wolves. She and raised Ashtar by wolves. Non- knock each other Gods. out. Yeah, she's raised by wolves. Got no allegiance to humans. No, dislikes them actually quite a bit, a great deal. Thinks if you interpret her, 
if you and it's it's subtle. You yeah, don't right, it takes right. a lot of interpretation, right. but she will say something like, "I don't like humans yes. at all." Right. That was I do not, not like fan. them. That was when I started to go like, I feel like maybe what they're teeing up is that she doesn't like. Humans. She like wolves. She like wolves. Yeah. She like she does like forest. Mm. Uh, I really like how like ugly the fights are. Yeah. In this movie, the first the first like fight that you get with with San in it is uh, on this like mountainside, and they are going up this very narrow path. And here she comes on a wolf's back with two wolves flanking, just like running down the mountain. And instantly you're like, this is going to be really fucking bad. <laughs> all these guys have all these guys have ancient guns and they're on a very narrow path on a mountainside. Like this is going to suck for everyone involved. And sure enough, like dudes go flying off the mountain. Dudes get chomped yep, to bits. A, a wolf gets shot and goes flying off the mountain. Like instantly it's so fast and ugly and not like... Not like this neat little choreographed ballet. It's just uh, what would happen if three big, big wolves fought a bunch of uh, dudes with ancient rifles on the side of a mountain. Yeah, they're inelegant in a way that's interesting because the movie doesn't have these like, oh, that's fucking awesome moments. Yeah. Like, I I think he doesn't want people to get off on the violence. Right. Even though every time someone shows up, you're like imagining the cheaper version of this movie where San is like the cool hero, right? Right. And instead he's like, she's frightening. Like yeah. she is literally what someone raised by wolves would be like. Right. Where like she is close to inhuman. Yes. And like Ashitaka, you want to be like, all right, I'm with this guy, right? He's like the audience surrogate. But he's like, well, for one, he has an evil arm, but evil two, he's kind of dopey. Yes. I, I don't know. He he's He's genuinely baffled by most of the things going on. Yeah. Well, it's because he doesn't understand yeah. why it can't be like how it is. Right? Where's the harmony, guys? Yeah, Where's that just, balance? Yeah. The the pretty pretty soon after uh, the like mountainside fight, and after he you know meets everybody in town and sees San with her blood face uh, across the river. She's got blood uh, face. She got blood she face. Got blood it's face. big. It's on the poster. She got. Some, <laughs> she's got a blood face. Uh, is when like the big fight in town happens, and the whole time Ashitaka's like, "What? Can, how can I make this whole stop?" Right. It's like, dude, you've been in this town for like fifteen minutes, <laughs> and instantly he's like, "Let me just get in here." Hey, this fight is bad, and have you thought about not doing it? And I feel like everybody in that entire sequence is like, "Dude, we're into this what, fight. We want to do. We it. like this fight. Yeah, this is it. We like this a lot. We live for rooting this. for this fight." He he's trying to pass the the dent act. He wants to make crime illegal. That's crime true. illegal, yes, yes, much yes. like Harvey. Dent. Do you know about the dent act, Griffin? We've Have talked you heard about, about this. It. Uh, where it makes crime you're not supposed to be. In, right. in the Dark Knight Rises, we're, it's set after the her- heroic, historic passage of the Dent Act, which made crime illegal. Because Before that, there had been crime in Gotham. And what was... Right, right. But then Harvey was, Dent died, and they were like, ah, Dent Act. We should name an act after him about now crime is bad. Because people didn't like the crime, but they were like, well, what are you going to do about <laughs> it? Yeah, it's legal. So. <laughs> Batman comes in, but he can't do it all. And the Dent Act Where's gets Falcon? passed. Where's Falcone? Why? He d- he brought he uh robbed and bombed a bank. Yeah, but like that's a that's fine. That's his prerogative. Right. I'm checking the that's you, um, books for a, like a dent actor. Nope, no yeah, nothing here. He's not a dent actor, dude. <laughs> hey, so you're just beating up that scarecrow guy. What did he do? He threw nightmare dust in people's faces. That's fine. Yeah, that's okay. We liked it. We liked it. But Some people like that. We love having terrible nightmares. The craziest thing is that Gotham had a police force. Yeah. They just didn't have anything to do. Yeah. They just sat yeah. around being like, just like, Dentact, are you <laughs> going to do anything? You get on that? Nothing happened. So every morning they uh, take out their phone, they check the weather, and then they go, let's see if crime is... Nope, still legal. Still legal. <laughs> okay. And then in Dark Knight Rises... <laughs> 
it is illegal. And then Bane blows up a football field, and they check. Yeah. And they're like, Dentect. Not legal <laughs> no. to blow up a football field. <laughs> Get him. Get him, Batman. What a great I, movie. I mean, that's why Bane's the greatest villain of all. Right, right, right. Because he's the one who dares defy the Dentect. Right. The other guys, they can claim ignorance. <laughs> right. Rashad Ghoul can be like, I thought this was cool. I thought everyone was going to like this. Burn London to the ground. Yeah. Um, hmm, what happens next? He takes San to the forest. Oh, there's a badass sword fight. There's a badass. There's a, there is yes, one badass, a truly sword badass sword fight, which I believe was uh, the reason I wanted to see this movie because I saw like some trailer that had this sword fight and mm. it looked really cool. And also, I was just a big Billy Crudup fan. Really? No. Was that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I was a big Billy Crudup fan. It is weird. It's, it. Uh, what are you it, gonna say? Sorry. San using this like you know just like dagger and just wild wolf like just attacking every you know quarter of a second versus Eboshi who's just moving like smooth as shit like always and and blocking everything and then after that happens for a while Ashitaka just like goes in and gut checks both of them like oop fight over <laughs> it is bye it is cool when he just like runs out of the village and they like shoot him and shit and he nothing can that be whole right. sequence is so long and he gets arm power it is very yeah. long and then but then takes her to the forest who shows up crazy forest antler mm-hmm. scary face mm-hmm. spirit man mm-hmm. who also at night is a giant yes yeah giant all of ghost. the above yes right yes now no one in the movie says any of these things you just kind of have to put it together uh, they kind of yes. generally talk about the forest spirit uh yeah but you you could think that it was not a literal elk like Right. Being. Yeah. But right. when he shows up, it is very much a like leans over to girlfriend, like that's yeah. the forest. Spirit, also, his right? feet. Like, I feel like this, the feet stepping and then growing. Mm. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. And that sort of it's gives me a cool. sense that that's a. That's right. A that this isn't just a regular animal. Yeah. Right. Well, and also his, his head looks delicious. Mm. It does. It looks like that's the kind true. of head you could eat and get immortality yeah, from. Yeah. Yeah. I want to cut that head off. The second he came on screen, I went to Amazon and was like, do they have any forest spirits really? heads for sale? I was like, I would love a forest spirit head. Oh, sous vide that? Yeah. At like oh. one, 129 <laughs> for two hours? I was checking Fresh Direct. I was like, does anyone put it into Yelp? Uh, that is fall off the bone immortality. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like side effects. You will live forever. That's yeah. like you know, like, uh, yeah, really juicy. Uh, tends to you just as long as you like don't overcook it. It's really moist. Also, you'll live forever you'll if live you forever. eat this. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Look at that forest spirit. He's cool. I'm just looking at pictures with Ben right now. There's big forest spirit. Yeah. That's the big boy. Uh, the night walker. Mm. I think is what he's called. Right. Yes. yes. Yeah. He's cool. Um. So he shows up and his head is on his body. For it's now. True. Yeah, he's right. got it. He's got his own head. Right. Yeah. He's a cool guy when he's got his head. Uh, you it's, know, when he do, it's when he doesn't have it that he's a real, he throws a real shit fit. He does turn into a bit of a stinky baby when he doesn't have his head. That's true. And overrides all of humanity. Can you blame him? <laughs> I don't know. Can you? I think if, if someone chopped my head off, I would just react by being dead and not doing anything. That's true. Right. Yeah, I think I'd be pretty chill if someone chopped my head off. Um, and we also meet the boars, right? The yes. boar, the crazy blind boar god, mm-hmm. Okoto. Um, uh, played by Keith David. Played by Keith David in the like, dub, who is the, the greatest voice actor ever. The greatest, yes. Right? Yeah, also one of the greatest uh, physical actors ever. Yeah. Just kind of one of the best actors, period. He's an amazing actor. I love him. Uh, yes, I love him, you know, yes. on the screen as well. But he really is. He's like the greatest voice actor of all time. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, he's got one like of Mel Blanc, the greatest whatever, right? voices yeah. in history. Right. I was my my brother and I were talking about uh, what is the best Keith David movie, and we were like, well, Ooh. is the question what's the best movie he's been in, or what's the best like, use of Keith right, David? Right. And then right. even when we tried to file it under the latter, we were like. Well, but there's so many different ways you can use Keith David. Right. It's hard to come up with a binary best use. Yeah, no. I, I want as much Keith David. Right. In everything, <gasps> all the time. He is in Armageddon with Billy Bob. He is. Yeah. He's the cat in Coraline. That's true. He's Cameron uh, Diaz's he's... father in Something About Mary. If we're doing vocal performance, Dr. Facilier in Princess and the Frog is like... That yes. is a phenomenal performance. That is Probably a performance. it for yes. me. But if we're going best movie overall... I don't think it's the best movie, but The Thing is one of my favorite that's the movies. That's thing. Like, ever right, made. you're like, well, that's like right. maybe the best film he's been in. That might be the best in. movie he's ever been in, but right. He's but he's not, not a the big star. featured. Right. right. Yeah. But then, like, something like They Live gives you a lot of Keith David, oh, but it's so a more it. restrained Keith David, which is still a good flavor. It's good. It's good. But right. But but then also, like, isn't he like the voice of Ken Burns's jazz, which is just like 10 straight hours of Keith David talking to you about jazz? I was not aware of this. Is Hell that yeah. true? Yeah. Yeah. Narrator. Keith David? Yeah. Talk about jazz for 10 hours? Uh, How many hours we got here? We got 10 episodes. So okay, let me I'm going to guess. Open up my iCal and let me schedule for tonight. Oh, oh. I'm sorry. It's oh, uh, 1140 minutes. So, you know. Um, okay. Let me time. That do people, out. do humans even live that long? <laughs> <laughs> Which is 19 hours. So it's 19 hours okay. of jazz talk from uh, Keepy. Just give me one second. Sorry, guys. Give me one second here in my iCal, and I am scheduling uh, one continuous 11-hour orgasm for later tonight. <laughs> there we go. Okay. <laughs> you guys want to come over and watch uh, Ken Burns Jazz with me? <laughs> if that's on the iCal, you can you can do that by yourself. I'm good. Really? Okay. I'll have I'll, fun. I'll go. Yeah. I'll go. I like, I like, yeah. I like uh, jazz. You like yeah. the 19-hour PBS documentaries about jazz? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, That's cool. My favorite. Right. That's your favorite. <laughs> so you usually are disappointed when you go to the movie theater. <laughs> That's your favorite genre. Where you're like, what's? I've never, I've never seen a movie. Is right. The, oh, right, sorry, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah I, just, I have watched a 19-hour documentary about jazz. Right. Yeah. So, like someone, hey, you want to go see Spider-Man Two? Uh, is it a 19-hour documentary about jazz? <laughs> no, it's like two hours. It's yeah. like Spider-Man Battle of Doctor. Not even like I got a small part of it. <laughs> like there's not just like a 19-hour section in the middle. <laughs> That's a documentary about jazz. <laughs> I almost got tricked into seeing Whiplash. Oh boy! But right. I, luckily, I, caught, I I sat down in a very comfortable seat in a big dark room, yeah. and I had a big bowl of popped corn. Yeah. And I was like, "Wait a minute! Wait a this minute! This is a movie. I've seen movies on TV shows. Yeah. I need to get out of here." Right. You realize this isn't going to be nineteen hours at all. Well, thankfully, just no. in time, you realize that that was not your tempo. <laughs> no, it was not quite your tempo. <sighs> boy. Yeah. What else is going on in Monon? Okay. The boars are gonna uh, fight. Yeah, uh, we didn't really talk about the scene where he like manages to rescue Son and get her out of. She like invaded the village to kill yeah, right, right. They fight. He breaks he up the fight. Out. and He's like, "I'm taking Son out of here. Y'all can let me do it or not, whatever." And then uh, somebody shoots him. Right. They give not a uh, shot. Right. Yeah, and he gets shot straight through his tum tum. <laughs> lifts up this huge ass wooden gate using his spaghetti powers, and then uh, forest spirit saves him. Right, but doesn't take the curse away, which I think is a weird choice by the forest spirit. Fixes the belly wound, leaves that nasty, nasty uh, spaghetti mess on his arm. Well, has he really earned the right to have his curse taken away at this point? You know, there's a difference I... between like saving a guy's life and decursing him. 
you could make a good case for that he had earned it by rescue it. Yes, I think you could. No. But I guess he hasn't learned his lesson yet, which right. is if you take the spirit creature's head, then things go very bad. That is the ultimate every, lesson, that's lesson of this movie. Right. right. You got to. You got to learn it. That, it's it's that a, a very simple sort of moralistic story. It's like a just so story. Right, right. Don't take heads. All children need to learn at a certain age that you should not decapitate <laughs> a forest spirit. Don't take anyone's head. I think it's a good lesson for no, kids. I think I think this movie's going a little more specific. It's fine grain. Yeah. Um, no, it's like, isn't this movie kind of about like, you know, we were kind of a pain in the ass and then pushed shame to shove and we fucking took the fucking forest spirit's head. And that was kind of a pivotal moment for us. We put it back, but it was it was kind of too late. You know? Yeah, now this nature is, knows. Yeah. Yeah. We violated <laughs> something completely sacrosanct. <laughs> right. Everything worked out fine, but if you look at the, hey, nature, scoreboard. Right. What's up? Yeah. So right. you know, just so you know. It's kind of, you can undo it. You can put the head back, but you can't really Nature it. now knows how we behave when the chips are down. <laughs> And it's not a pretty look. Um, that's why this movie is not my favorite Miyazaki because it is so intense and, and so yeah. uh, like naughty that I rarely want to like uh, naughty. I it's mean, an not intense, naughty. Yeah, uh, that it's I rarely want to like, put it onto right, 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 just to like right. have fun. But uh, I love that, like e- you know, even uh, scary boar god who's all fucked up. We we did this to him, like yeah. you know what I mean. Like even though he's sort of like a quasi villain in the third act, there, like he's. This is like a human sickness that's been visited on him. And it's so great. Like that scene, I think is soon after like the Boar clan trying to uh, attack the Iron Town forces and just getting fucked up. Uh, And even like the Wolf clan was like, hey, don't do it. You're going to (laughs) be absolutely just destroyed. And uh, they go ahead with it. And in the last time you saw Okoto, he was like presented as this wise. Yes. Keep Mm David E. Yeah. Like this, this, this wise patriarch of, this clan who, when he finds out that, that Ashitaka killed his, his buddy, this god, he was like, wow, thank you for doing that. If I see you again, I am going to have to kill you. <laughs> like, it, but it's, it's, he presents it in like this very wise way. And then the next time you see him, his, everybody in his clan just got killed. He's got some of this like spaghetti stuff. He's like corrupted by the forces of just not wanting to be dead. Yeah. And then you see, like, oh, maybe he's not this, like, untouchable, wise, because now he's just, like, afraid yes. and will believe that anything, just will believe anything if it means he gets to stay right, alive. Right, 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 right. Uh, and it's it's such a, like, brilliant, like, switch where you're, like, the first time you see him, oh, this guy's great. What a wise kid. This is the Wizard of Oz who's coming to save, save the, and then it's like, no, 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 don't kill me. Bye, bye, bye. I'm going to charge. I'm going to kill everything. Uh, it's it's interesting. Everyone's just trying to survive. And it brings it back to that first wormy boar. First spaghetti yeah. board. Yeah. Right. Like how that right could have happened. Yeah. Yeah, corrupts us all. Th- <laughs> Did we forget anything? This is the another reason why this is not my favorite is I feel like the movie kind of drags a little bit at this part. Like right after you get all the good San Ashitaka like hanging out with the wolves, then like then a bunch of stuff yeah, happens. I am not the big the showdown at the end is is busy. This is Easily his longest movie, I think. Yeah, this is two fifteen. Yeah, I don't which most of his movies are like pretty pretty tight ninety. They're starting to get longer though, because okay. like Spirit Away is like a good two hours. Yeah. Uh, Wind Rises is like two hours. Howls is like two. You know, like th- right. at this point, Ponyo is, is a nineteen hour documentary about <laughs> jazz. <laughs> at this point, he's sort of like 
Okay. You, you know, like out. I'm the master of Japanese mm-hmm. entertainment for the last 50 years. I can I can maybe take two hours to tell my stories. Sure. Um, <laughs> we, yeah. t- we did jump over the scene where Moro uh, has a conversation with Ashitaka after he like wakes up in their den and goes outside and it's nighttime and it's just him and this giant wolf goddess. And she's like, hey, um, you should just like jump off this mountain. <laughs> She's like so great. Like yeah. Sana's like, uh, well, the four spirit likes him, so I'm sure he's okay. And Sana's like, hey, uh, or Moro's like, hey, why don't you come over here? I'll bite your whole head off <laughs> and eat you. I know that you're trying really hard to stay alive, but I just want to just like <laughs> crazy can, pitch. I, I you, my mouth is very big and it yeah. has a lot of teeth. It's so big, and you love you love my daughter. I think she's into you, but I just want to come and eat half your body. What if you just die so hard, like the hardest anyone has ever died? Yeah, have you ever done it? Can you say empirically that you know you don't like it? Maybe just die a little bit. There, but you can't put the you know toothpaste back in the tube. That's this when I you feel die. Like that's what this movie is about. Just in general, like we already, even though you have this big epic battle of good versus evil, yeah. and you have these like heroes that you're rooting for, like it's not at the end of the day. Like and everything is fine. So you're saying I should stop recycling? Yeah, right. Exactly. No, no, no. It's more just sort of like yes. The forest is still yeah. here, and we can try and live in harmony with it, but it is going to be a uh, like, very difficult battle. It's what Griffin said. The scoreboard's already up. They've taken yeah. note. Right. Like, right. however this ends, this battle, the, the war has, like, will linger. Yeah. It, it's, it, it's, it is why I think this is the best of the, the eco-adventures, is, like, it's, it is, a, it, the point of the movie, at the end of it, is not uh, this, like, bald face like we are bad to nature and we need to start being better about it yeah it is it is about traditionally the only way this has worked is when there has been some sort of given sustainable give and take with nature right it's not like it, it, it's not this like uh annihilate like humanity's desire to to uh grow and uh, take what it needs to appease itself. It's like, yeah, you're going to take what you need sometimes. It's just all about like figuring out a way that is is somewhat sustainable. It's not like, whoa, go nature. Hoo-hoo, right. Go, go nature. Right. You're so great. Because in this one, the nature also is a villain sometimes. Right. It's terrifying like and uncontrollable. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. That's the crazy thing. Because in most of those sort of eco-adventure movies, it's like there's a group of people who are like, I don't know. I think nature's bad. <laughs> And then the heroes yeah. are like, no, we like it. And nature is impartial. Sure. Right. They're just sort of fighting for or against the idea of the thing. And in this movie, it's like, no, nature has a competitive relationship with us. Yeah. Like nature prioritizes its own needs above our uh, continued existence. Right. And our existence is the more there of us that there are is going to be a problem. For and nature. we're bad. Right. Humans we're, are bad. We're not great. Very bad. We're not great. Yeah. Humans. But so are boars and apes. Uh, very true. Oh, yeah. The apes. We didn't about talk them. about the apes. They're like gorilla gods mm-hmm. who look like they're made of mounds of clay. Yep. Um, with glowing eyes. Yeah. Um, and uh, they, they much like me, understand that everything's bad and everyone's the worst. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they're kind of you. Yeah, I forgot about. Yeah. They're very like, look, I. There's, come on, this sucks. Right. They're just like Trump is president. Yeah, guys, president. like, what are we? Yeah, this is just a. Bummer, I'm not going to be right. in a good mood ever again. This is when the sort of Akira stuff starts happening, which is like secretly like that's my that's my that's your jam like big big wild body horror like the end of Akira is like I I I am like 
glued to the screen at the end of that movie because it is visually just the wildest shit right. ever. That's like Lovecraftian, and, where it's like right. trying to represent it's, something yes. that you cannot understand. Right. Right. And and everything like from San getting like swept up in uh the the big boar's evil spaghetti that is just like <laughs> oh, like shooting through her yeah. hands. It's like horrifying. Yeah. Uh and Ashtaka is just like jumping into the spaghetti and uh, and then, of course, the the climax of the movie, like everything gets so fucked up at this part of the movie, uh, even more so than it than it has been in the rest of it. Yeah, it's like the end of Annihilation. It's just yes. like they become like consumed by like these forces. Yes. Uh, also yeah. very Lovecraftian. Yes, but it is. It's that it's that body horror thing, but but like extended to like nature. It's right. like body horror for the planet we live on. Right. Yeah. Planet. Horror? I don't know. Planet horror. Yeah, planet horror. Know. Why not? Why not Haxen. planet horror? Ha- Hexus. That's Hexus. his name. Uh, and then, of course, as we all know, this movie uh, ends with uh, all of them dabbing and uh, how you like me now plays. Uh, right. That's, uh, yeah, that was how it went? It wasn't something to do with the forest monster or whatever? No, I'm pretty forest sure they, spirit. they do the doggy. Right. They do the doggy yeah. and they dance to the Macarena. Right. right Someone right. Uh, teaches them how to doggy. They. <laughs> Well, I th- if memory serves, yes. Lady Eboshi shoots the forest spirit's head and it falls to the ground and then everybody starts doing the Dougie <laughs> yes. because they're happy because nobody liked the forest spirit, right. actually. Right, and that's... Because he was weird and he had a face like a person, but he had the body of a deer. So when that face part was mm-hmm. removed, everyone was psyched. And that's the kind of integrity that Miyazaki has because no <laughs> Hollywood film, especially an animated film, would end with the characters uh, learning how to Dougie. Um, it is... Uh, I don't know. I <laughs> just laughing. You teach him how to ducky. Teach him how to ducky. <laughs> um, I just, even though you know how bad it, 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 you know that it is a bad idea to cut that head off. Really bad. But I love how bad it is right away. Yes. Yes. It's so bad right away. Yes. And what I again, the first time I saw it, and I'm curious if if Griffin had like this reaction. I felt like the climax had happened. The the son had been sucked up into this noodle beast, yes. and Ashitaka like jumps in trying to save him, and then Moro, the wolf mother, comes and like sacrifices herself to to save both of them while all of Irontown watches. Uh, Iboshi had already shot the forest creature, and it like did nothing. It felt like so the movie was over. Like, yeah, yeah. If it, so, they save them. Oto, Okoto and Moro die. Uh, and the forest walker starts to, you know, walk back into the 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 tree line right. to disappear and stay this like weird ephemeral. And then, nope, no, nope. gets shot right in the neck. The head worst goes possible off, thing the, happens. Right, just and then it it turns into a living fucking nightmare. Yeah. where you're like, oh my, I did not think this movie was going to get this. This it's bad, it's dark. But even though it's scary, also you've got like Billy Bob being like, I don't know, I should like take the head, right? Yeah, Isn't the head. Yeah, it's kind of the. The, like, the no one crystals. else gonna take it right like right. it's like the fucking thing we yeah. need to get that the head's the thing you, all, you also get the most upsetting visual in this movie which is saying something which is Moro's decapitated head uh, <sighs> like chomping its way across the ground and just biting Lady Eboshi's arm clean off in one go yeah. it is so wild that's a good yeah. call a lot, a lot of you know loss of limb and head lot, yeah, it would be like if at the end of the new Lion King remake, if like Scar <laughs> came up and just like chomped off one of Nala's arms, great. one of Nala's legs at the end, uh, it is it's so messed up. The Lion King remake should have had disembodied Scar head. 
Yeah. Like when you thought the movie was going to end and you were like, they haven't really done anything different from the narrative of the original. They're like, now there's an extra 30 minutes. (laughs) Where his head chases people around, snapping at them. I feel like we've we've teased that bad things happen a lot when you cut off the forest creature's head. Hell, it's the whole point of the movie. Yeah. It's the whole thing Miyazaki's trying to say, but I don't think we've actually said what happens. Uh, Crazy goo? I mean, I mentioned goo. Yeah, it turns into this, like, giant, like, amoeba kind of thing. (laughs) This, like, sparkly amoeba. It's like Venom. Oh, it is kind of like uh, Venom. He is Venom. Yeah, right. Maybe the forest spirit's been Venom all along. Maybe. Like, like this is the, the Venom prequel. Right? Yes. Not, um... Life? Life, there you yeah. go. Yeah. I, I had to think about what the movie people thought was a Venom prequel. Was. Right. Um, no, it d- it's bad. It's bad goo. This is bad goo, it's folks. It's really bad goo. And like, it's not good goo. No. It kills everything it touches. It's pretty crummy goo. goo. I, I think it's bad. <laughs> it does kill everything it touches, which is one thing against it. Um, it cannot be reversed. No. Uh, you get a really great uh, exchange between Ashitaka and uh, this like guard, like Lady Eboshi's bodyguard, who has been just kind of a dick the entire movie. This this big you know built dude wearing this heavy armor, uh, and the goo is like spreading all around them by this side of this lake. And Ashitaka jumps in, uh, and the card is like, I, I, I can't swim. And Ashitaka's like, well, cross the bottom. It's the best. And then you see him actually doing it. I've always, like, I've always really enjoyed that, because Ashitaka gets, like, weirdly sassy in the middle of the apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's pretty rad. The whole thing's rad. It's scary. I yeah. don't like it. But, I mean, to your point, like, the fact that it feels like the movie has hit its, like, denouement before shit hits the fan. Right. By the time. Hits the fan. B- right. Before goo hits the fan, by the time like all hell is unleashed, you're just like, oh, there's no possible happy ending for this movie. Right. Like right. this movie can end with like a temporary reprieve. Right. The best thing you can get is sort of like we stopped the worst thing from right. happening, and we now have learned a valuable and frightening lesson. Yes. About messing with nature. Yeah. And forest spirits. No good, very bad. Don't do it. No good, very bad. Don't do it. Yeah. That's. The I actually thing. feel like this movie has a surprisingly calm uplifting, uplifting ending yeah. ending right because they managed to get the head back to they, the beast they, and right. it die it I, I guess it peacefully ascends into heaven it does die though it does die. it does die yeah and so now it's just a regular forest right like those were the stakes for the the nature side yeah. which is just like if this happens then this is just a regular forest not a like magic godhood forest right then the forest can't fight back anymore now right. humanity mm-hmm. can just kind of slowly chip away at it but the, but the wounds are gonna linger yeah yeah right and at the end, like, Son's like, I'm going to go to the forest and protect it. And Ashtaka's like, okay, I guess I'll go help with Irontown. And Lady Bushy's like, we're going to make a better Irontown this time. A less bad, mean Irontown. And the whole thing is just like, hey, all these kids are going to be all right. <laughs> right. Two, and a half, two and a half minutes ago, you were like, this is, the, this is fucking third impact. Like, this is, they are all about to be turned into goo. Yeah. It's like, this is it. This is it. What a wild ending to and this And then movie. it ends with like, yeah, you know, your 20s are weird for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta find your way. Uh, they all, yeah. you know, some of them had to lose limbs, and they all had to yeah. witness the almost end of the world. But yeah. yeah, then they figured out they should be nicer to trees and make a new better and then Iron it, Town. They the like the kind of like a, a top spinning at the end of uh, of Inception sure. that happens during this whole like apocalypse sequence where the goo is killing everything. All the Kadama are falling from the trees, like I mentioned earlier, like. All of them, dozens just falling down head first, dead, dead, dead. Uh, and then at the end of the movie, you see a little one of them just like pop up right. out of the forest, just like one little Kodama pop up. And it's like, I get it. 
but also it's still kind of scary. So I would be dope. Like it would be dope if the force did not have these little. Uh, <laughs> so you don't like the totems. Gnome. You you not want them out of there too much. Like when you buy when a new I... house, you hire like some kind of Ghostbuster to go around and like banish those guys, Get rid of suck Kadon. all those guys right <laughs> yeah. up. Now, if I'd seen my boy Totoro mm. like walk around in the background, like he's cool. This seems like a chill. He's cool. He can stay. Right. Catbus can stay. Catbus can stay. Right. You would trust Totoro as a Kadama like chaperone. If you're like if they're under his yes. watch, right? He seems pretty benevolent. Yeah. Ah, you're with Totoro. <laughs> That's fine. Come on in. What happens if you chop his head off, though? Totoro's head? Yeah, he just turned into living flame? Like, what, what's, yeah. what's the result? I think our flesh would sear off the bone. <laughs> right, exactly. The very cinema, like, Immediately, explodes. yeah. Um, um, yeah. Well, this is, like, the first kind of, like, proper box office game we yes! can do. Yes, we're going to play the box office game now. Uh, Griffin, you'll, uh, Griffin's going to try and... We're to talk oh, to how, do you, how do you say this? Uh, Mr. Newman is going to try and guess uh, the top five films of the weekend that this movie Ooh. came out in America. Now, this movie came out now, on Now, I want to say, I don't know if you're aware of this, David. I believe uh, you guys played a round of this on oh, that's Bim right. Bam recently, right? That's With right. No, I am aware of The that. release of Major League or Major League 2? Uh, this was a this was a long time. This okay. was many episodes ago. Yes. I, by, ver- by, like, to survive... The level of output we have, I have to instantly block forget everything, everything we did okay. last week. Yeah, um, you have, I believe, played some some version of the box office game, Griffin. Yeah. I believe so. Yeah, this is right. We've done a box office game right around here. Not this one though. Okay, end of ninety seven. Yeah, it's October 29th, ninety nine. It's ninety nine, ninety nine. Oh, this it is doesn't America. come out until ninety nine. This is America. Right, right, it came right, out in right. Japan in ninety seven. Right, right, right. Makes right. it to America two years later. Okay. So this is nineteen ninety twenty years ago. This is the year that defined cinema history. October oh ninety nine. Okay. Uh, and number one is one of the great movies of nineteen ninety nine. Uh, it's a horror remake about a house. Uh, it's is the house on Haunted Hill. It's house on Haunted Hill. That was Hill. number one. Number one. Wow. Opening weekend. That's a bummer. <laughs> Fifteen million dollars. Tay Diggs. Yeah. I mean, uh, Allie Larder. Chris Kattan Chris was a box Kattan. office guarantee at that point. That movie made forty million dollars. Wow. House on Haunted Hill. And coming out like five months after The Haunting. Yes, yeah, same year as The Haunting. Like it felt like kind of like a second secondhand goods after The Haunting, and it still did fairly well. Incredibly long tagline. What's the tagline? Six strangers have the chance to make one $1 million each. All they have to do is make it through the night alive. It's a very long tagline. Wow, okay. That is a lot. Yeah. We, but now you get it, right? They can make a million dollars. Yeah, now I know exactly what it's about. Do any of them make it? I've never seen it. I've never seen it. Okay. Yeah. Number two, I believe, also has Tay Diggs. So Tay Diggs, I think, had yes, he had the number one and two movies this week. Is it The Best Man? Yes. Oh, shit. It's The Best Man. Tay's on top. Coming of age drama, The Best Man, about wow. like, what if one of your friends got married? Yeah. Tay. Can you imagine? Yeah. That, I mean, right, that, I've seen The Best Man. That's the plot, right? Okay. It's like, these they're getting married. Wow. Right. It's a fantasy. We've film. all dated each other. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So Dig, this Diggs was on top. Diggs was on top. Yeah. He dug his way to the top. America dug Diggs. <laughs> At this point in time, America dug digs. We were into it. And then the third is a movie. We've definitely discussed this before. It's a crime thriller. One of those, you know, young lady, old man crime Is it thrillers. The Bone Collector? It's not The Bone Collector. Mm. Fuck. We definitely have discussed a weekend very close to this We weekend. have. I think the next or the one you know, right after. Yeah. Is this like when The Insider came out or something? Yeah, the Insider's probably like a couple Okay, of this is another. It's an old man, young lady. Old thriller. man, young lady crime R-rated thriller. Yes, uh, the next weekend is The Insider. Interesting. Okay. Are either of them cops? 
I think he's a cop. You think he's a cop and she's not? She's a prisoner. She's a prisoner? Oh, boy. Is it Double Jeopardy? Bingo! Oh, Double ooh. Jeopardy. Tommy Lee Jones and Ashley Judd. Tommy Lee Jones is a sorry, cop, I didn't know right? if I... Oh, can you're I play? Should I have said that? Yes. I apologize. No, no, I'm sorry, he's a parole you. officer. So sort of like cop adjacent. Interesting. Double Jeopardy. Yeah. Sometimes murder is legal. Yeah. Do you think Billy Bob was on the bench for that one? Murder isn't always a crime. He was on the bench. No, Tommy Lee Jones answered his right. phone. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. He picked up the phone. Uh, double Jeopardy? I can't do him. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's impossible to do it. He shouldn't be. He's got like a great Texan accent. Roland nailed it. That's true. He did nail it. Yeah. Number four. Number four. David's thinking. It was David, a big David movie this year. Thought. Genuinely okay. a very big deal movie. Now somewhat ridiculed, I think, for its sort of like huge cultural impact at the time. Not American Beauty. It is American Beauty. It is Beauty. American Beauty. Yeah. American Beauty. Was this like it had just come out? Seventh week. This was its seventh Jeez, That movie came out September 15th, and it just sort of like trundled along. Like it just, you know, it like never left the top ten. It made so I thought it wasn't like money. a big, I thought it wasn't like a big success. It made it was $130 million. No, I know it was a huge hit. I, okay. Yeah, yeah, I guess. That's, I guess if it's a huge hit, it's going to make lots of money. No, but, no, but that's the crazy thing is It was like, like a box office hit. Right. And it's like, what's it about? Ah, oh, this guy, he's sick of being married and shit right. and wants to sleep with a teenager. Right. A sex criminal <laughs> plays a man who wants to fuck his daughter's friend <sighs> and jerks off in the shower a bunch. Uh, no, that's the thing. Like, best picture winners don't do that well anymore. No, no. They're not guaranteed to, like, clean up. Occasionally something that already was a hit will win Best Picture, like The Departed. But something like American Beauty, which, like, made a bunch of money and then won Best Picture and then made even more money. They just kept making money. They just brought it back and it made more money. People were like, well, we got to see. It's an American obligation. It was an American movie. It was an American movie. American Beauty. But even Green Book didn't do, like, that well here. And then it crushed in China. Did you know that? I did. And every other country. Like Arthur Griffin, like did you know that? The Green Book was a colossal sensation in China? Uh, no. Yes. I did not know that. Uh, it's always a shock to find out uh, what, the, what the Chinese movie-going uh, audience They enjoys. loved it. They loved Green Book. Give me that Green Book. Green Book and Warcraft, man. That's all we need. That's right. Number five. Mm-hmm. How much had American Beauty made at this point? 54. Yeah, so it's so like. So it's halfway yeah, into its Not run. even. Not yeah, even. Crazy. Right. Number five mm. is an inspirational true story movie. It's an inspirational true story movie. Yeah. Was this kind of like an Oscar play? Uh, yes, and it got one Oscar nomination, maybe two. Acting? Acting and I think a song. For Big Daddy. <laughs> Adam Sandler's Big Daddy. That's an inspirational movie, David. Uh, yeah, very inspirationally becomes the biggest daddy of them all. I don't fucking know. Can I say something very embarrassing? Oh, Jesus. It's well established on this podcast. I think it actually is, and I almost never talk about it. I love Guns N' Roses. No, but you have <laughs> talked about it. Sure, but it's like one of the like the biggest outliers in my personality where people right. are like, really? And I'm like, yeah, they're my favorite band. Right. I, for a very long time, thought that uh, uh, Sweet Child of Mine was an original composition uh, written and performed by... Cheryl Crow for the film Big Daddy. Oh, did she like cover huh. it for Big Daddy? Yeah, or and I was like, this song fucking rules. Why isn't everyone jamming on this amazing Were song? Were you already a customer? <laughs> no, then like okay. three years later, my cousin got me Appetite for Destruction for my birthday, and I was like, wait, they did a cover of a Cheryl Crow song? <laughs> and then I did the timeline Jesus. stuff. You're a weird guy. You know when that. you said that this was going to be embarrassing? Yeah. Bingo. You had no idea. <laughs> 
I was like, how is this not the What's biggest song in America? Everyone should be loving Sweet Child of Mine. Now I want to hear, I had no idea Sheryl Crow did it. Anyway, that's not this movie, Okay. to be clear. I have a guess. Go ahead. And the guess is from the fact that you said... Big Daddy, by the way, is 60th at the box office this week. It made $30,000. One of the biggest movies of the year, though. Huge movie, huge movie. Uh, my guess, based off the fact that you said it was an acting nomination, a song nomination, is Music of the Heart. Correct. Directed by? Wes Craven. Wes Craven. After making, I don't know, 18 horror movies, it's like, what if I made a movie about like a nice violin teacher in the Bronx? It's so inspirational. <laughs> it's scary. Uh, yeah. A friend of mine is in that movie. A friend of mine is in that movie as well. Yeah. yeah Who's yeah. your friend? Well, we can talk about it off mic. Okay. I went to high school with someone where that was her only acting job. Is she one of the violinists? She was, I think she is. Yeah. Because the kids, there are like five actors playing yeah. each kid at different ages, right? right? right yeah. Right. Uh, I've never seen it, but apparently they learned the music of the heart. Can I guess who your friend was who was in Music of the Heart and you don't – if I no, get no, it right, you it say yes? My, no, let's do it. Is it Meryl Streep? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's 100% a shot is it, don't take. Is, is it Angela Bassett? <laughs> oh, yeah. Angela Bassett's in it. Gloria Estefan? I had no idea. Right? I think Gloria Estefan is it's one of her rare acting roles. Mm-hmm. You're right. Okay. Um, can I guess – now we're playing the Music of the Heart game. <laughs> can I guess who the – is the main there, guy? Yeah. Shoot. It's like a romantic lead? Sure. I've never seen this movie. Okay. I'm going off of my memory of the VHS Give box. it a shot. Is it Aiden Quinn? It is Aiden wow. Quinn. Wow. He of the two different colored eyes. He has two different colored eyes? Yes, it's a plot point in Practical Magic. Never knew it. Well, this is a great <laughs> way for this episode to end. <laughs> Kieran Culkin is in it. Okay. Uh, Cloris Leachman. I'm done. That's it. Music yeah. of the heart. Yeah. And the song was in sync. This was that famous best song year uh-huh. at the Oscars. It was Bob Dylan. No, right? that's the following. Oh, that's year. the next year. This okay. is the year that Phil Collins wins oh, for "You'll Be in My Heart." Right, but you oh, have like shit. the South Park song and uh, whatever. You have Blame Canada. Blame Canada. You have Music of the Heart by NSYNC. You have When She Loved Me, the Randy Newman, Sarah song. McLaughlin, right, right, and right. you have Amy Mann, Save Me. Right, and then fucking Phil Collins won for whatever, Tarzan. You'll be in my heart. For, the, for the greatest. You'll uh, be in my heart. It's the number Something one like best that, song. Right. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I wish they nominated Trash in the Camp instead. Is that a Tarzan song? <laughs> So they were like, we're Crash in, in the camp. We're into this like adult contemporary is that like trap music. Is it? <laughs> oh, I'm a, yeah. I'm about to remind it's you. It's O'Donnell based right? trap music. Thank you. I'm so glad you remember this. I remember that when yeah. she arrives in the movie, she says, "The fun has arrived." She definitely does. Yes, I remember that. But they offered her the role, and she was like, "Great, I get to sing one of those classic Disney songs." And they're right. like, "No, we're like thinking of going in a little different direction in this one. Sure. It's just gonna be Phil Collins singing songs over the soundtrack. The characters don't sing." And she was like, "I will only do it if I can sing." So there's a scene where the monkeys destroy the human camp, and while it's happening, Rosie O'Donnell scats, and it's called "Trash in the Camp." Trash in the They camp. didn't want to break the reality by making it a full musical, so instead the animals <laughs> make like percussive noises while breaking the right. human's belongings, and Rosie O'Donnell goes like Skibadoo Babadi Babadabadabadaba. And it goes on for five minutes and that film won an Academy Award. The only thing I remember about that, <laughs> the only thing I know is that Chris Rock was the first choice for that role. For Turk? Yeah. Uh-huh. And they, they, they offered it to him and he was like, uh, no thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so then they went to Rosie. <laughs> I remember he gave some interview. He was like, they wanted me to like play a monkey. And I was like, mm, no, nah, it's okay. <laughs> I won't do that. 
Ah, <sighs> oh, Turk. Uh, Griffin, thank you so much for being on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I'm glad I got a, a reason to watch this movie again, and it also has sent me down the path of rewatching. You're gonna, re-watch you're gonna yeah. love it. I know. Sorry, I didn't mean to yell. Um, I guess I should give you the bones back, right? I mean, we should we should swap back our right. Bones. Let's do a bone swap because I got to you know go. What? You know what? What? It's my gift. It's my gift to you. No. They always oh. say, if you're a guest, they call them the most generous guest, podcast host in the biz. That's here is unbe- you know, giving you bones. Hey, you know what? In appreciation for the bones, let me just. I believe he's giving you his eyes. Here are my eyes. Yes, there you go. Ah, oh, cool. Yeah. I'm going to put them on the sides of my head. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Give yourself some uh, ear eyes. Everyone wants eyes in the back of their head, but what if you had them in the sides of your head? I mean, far Let's more see. useful. Sure. Way more it's useful. It's like VR. <laughs> or one on the top oh. so I can look out for birds. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And uh... The silent killers. <laughs> the silent killers. One on top air of conditioners head, one on my chin. Falling from tall down. buildings. You look out, out for air yeah. conditioners. Or even that thing where like when you're walking around and you're like, oh, is it raining? And then you realize it's a little drip drop from the air conditioner. If you had the eye on the top, you wouldn't have right. to look around to figure that out. You'd know immediately the amount of what time type of drone. The amount of time or you're saving is just incredible. <laughs> if there was a drone and you wanted to check it out, you'd have a, a better chance of catching a, a good sight of it. I love that drones exist, and I feel like I don't get to see them enough. I know. In action, because they're way above my hat. Yeah. If freaking burglars or spies repel down from the ceiling. Mm. Spider-Man, who's a nice menace. Nice try. Spider-Man. He's a menace. You're talking about that wacky web crawler? Yeah, exactly. He's a menace to the city. So he you swings could, through. You could see him. You yeah. could see him. Yeah, right. You could see him. Uh, yeah. Uh, Griffin, thank you so much for doing our show and talking about the princess with us. Yeah, of course. Um, uh, do you have 18 podcasts you want to Does the title, the title ever explain itself? I just was it, trying oh, to think just, of what. It just means spirit princess. Right. It, like in Japanese. I think they say it at huh, one okay. point. Yeah, they that, say like, it. Right. Yeah, she but is it, like the princess of the, of the forest. Mononoke Hime. It means like spirit slash monster princess. Yeah. Which is uh, kind I of was broad, I, I was doing some research on this movie and there's like apparently a like really in depth documentary about the making of just this, uh, which I would be curious to see. Did you all be- see the? Um, you may be saving this for the end of your series. The uh, Miyazaki documentary. Yes. What is it? Yes, Kingdom of Kingdom of Dreams and yeah. Madness. Dreams and Madness. Yeah, but I did not know there was a, a specific documentary about this one. Yeah, I, f- I found a couple clips of it on YouTube, and it's really like gets really in there, just about like frame by frame animation and how they they work CGI into Check it. it out. Uh, I watched like ten minutes of it. Mm-hmm. It was cool. This uh, box set uh, that we all have is weird because it scrubs off all of the special features from the individual movies. Right. There's like the bonus disc which has the documentary on it. Right. 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 Um, but otherwise, so. like when Disney did their separate releases and when G Kids has now done their separate releases, they have uh, individual features. Yeah, for each of them. I don't know. I don't know either. They're robbing us of context. I know. Well, hopefully it all gets figured but, out one day. But gifting us more shelf space. That's true. That's the trade-off. <laughs> uh, thank you all very much for listening. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Wait, wait Griffin, do you want to plug anything? Wait, I forgot. You should plug uh, your podcasts. Uh, yeah, we do podcasts and all kinds of stuff. Sorry. Our family all works on junk together. That is why our <laughs> website is macroy.family. Right. So if you go there, you'll find out all the stuff we do. Just got a graphic novel. If you would buy that, that'd be cool. Great book. It's yes. It's called The Adventure Zone, uh, Murder on the Rockport Limited. And that's that's all my plug time, folks. Thank all you. Right. Uh, yeah, you, you have a media empire uh, along with your family, and people should uh, delve into it. Um, yeah, please. Yeah, I was say, I was I was saying to David like there are people who I feel like their media diet is uh, 
90% of things that your family consumes. And that's how we like it. If we could actually bump that number yeah, even just get a up a bit. What the from fuck is up with that 10%? <laughs> yeah. Fucking euphoria? Well, those teens are up to no good. Those teens are up to no good. Thank you all for listening. Here's the real ending. Thank you all for listening. Please remember to review, subscribe. Thanks to Andrew Fuguda for our social media. Thanks to Joe Bowen and Pat Rounds for our artwork. Liam Montgomery for our theme song. Go to... Uh, uh, why is my brain shutting down? Blankies.reddit.com for some real nerdy shit. T-Public for some real nerdy shirts. Yes, uh, blank check Patreon. Uh, going through those Marvel movies still. We're yeah. probably up to, uh, I don't know, Sp- Spider-Man Home is Where the Heart is at this point. That's about right. Maybe Black Panther, I think. I don't know. Whatever. Okay. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? And as always, um, uh, fuck, fuck. 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 What? Fuck. What? I feel like I had one like 20 minutes ago. We're going to sit in this for a second. Great. I want to be. Uh, yeah. This This is. Pee. Can we make this last two hours? We can make this last two hours. <sighs> oh, boy. Okay. Spaghetti. Two people need to pee. No, I was thinking about it. It wasn't the spaghetti thing. The wolves. It was a thing we had a lot of fun with. There was something uh, David the, is uh, messing up, up, messing up the trash in the camp. Putting his phone back yeah, in his David pocket, is. trash in the camp. David is uh, coiling up his uh, AC adapter for his laptop. He is brushing his hair. <laughs> he has now put his headphones back on. I think he is filing a piece for the Atlantic. It could happen. It could happen. Uh, and of course, uh, something about the the warhogs. And as always, warhogs, Pumba, Kuna Matata. That's very topical. Bones, uh, bones. bones. Season thirteen uh, coming soon to fucking Queeby or whatever. Uh, bones is going to be Boreanaz. Queeby. Boreanaz is back. Boreanaz He's bonier than back. ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, as always. And as always, thank you for listening. All right. Great one. No, I love that. That was great. That was great. Thank you.